Hello and welcome to another Lavender Menace episode. I am one of your co-hosts, Renaissance Marie. I use they them pronouns. I am celebrating the month of August, the high holy month of August in <laughs> the name of Taylor Swift. Yeah, August of July. It's true. Yeah, I'm celebrating all my Leo Fire Sign sisters this month. My name is Sunny. I'm your other co-host. And today we have a fun episode for you. We're going to be talking about Bodies, 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 the new movie from A24 out now. And it features one of our faves in original, the pod, Rachel Sennett, who was who starred in Chiba Baby, which was literally like our first ever episode was about that movie. And she literally is a char- plays a character in this movie, and we and have, she's mother. She's she's mother, and we have a lot of thoughts on this movie that we've been like holding ourselves back from ta- saying to each other <laughs> because we knew we were like, gonna do so this episode. Bad. <laughs> so, so bad, yes. you're getting the like raw like post forty eight hours. Uh, movie mm-hmm. experience of like our thoughts on it I guess so there's that and then we also have some gender and lesbianism hot takes to discuss with you today as always as usual par for the course with the lavender menace if you're familiar and then of course yes. we have our media recommendations which Loki I kind of spoiled for renaissance today and so bad I was <laughs> I was really hoping to like open your third eye about this and then I was like it's okay. But Sunny has, like, like men in black style, I have erased Sunny's memory with my little mind erasing pen. Yeah, we can so, pretend that they're bringing up this shit for the first time when they talk about it. I'm going to need you to act so over dramatically shocked, like, wow, gasping, I've never running. heard of that one. Wait a minute. Oh, my God. Must check it out. Anyways, so okay. l- do you want to read our first listener submitted hot take? Thank you so much for emailing us, by the way. Oh, and you can email us yes. any of your hot takes at the Lavender Menace Podcast at gmail.com if you so choose. Yes, and we love them. We, we love yes. each and every one. So this one is sent by S, and they say, Okay, hi, I'm S. I use they, them pronouns, and I'm a... A diasporic South Asian non-binary communist lesbian gayler that's rapidly becoming a Swifty and because of you guys. We love the propaganda. I'm like half asleep right now, so forgive the lack of readability here. I've been listening to this podcast since your first biphobia episode. So sentimental right now, tears in my eyes. But anyways, <laughs> I've always wanted to submit a hot take, so here's mine. Recognition of non-binary as a quote-unquote third gender is not the revolutionary queer liberation progress people seem to think it is. Firstly, because it fails to recognize the vast array of non-binary experiences out there. I'm sure for some, non-binary existence is experienced as a third gender, and so this form of legal recognition is affirming. But there are so many experiences, genderqueer, genderfluid, demigirl slash boy, agender, etc., that might not always fit into that dynamic. And also, recognition under inherently patriarchal systems that only recognize two genders isn't that much of a slay, is it? Because we aren't really being recognized, are we? And as a non-binary lesbian, it's kind of annoying having to explain my experience with gender to people, even queer people all the time. Since the general understanding of all this seems to boil down to women, men, and non-binary people, and just the arguments against non-binary lesbianism in general are just so silly and goofy and stupid. 
People seem to think the two can't coexist, but being a lesbian is inherently gender non-conforming. And I think it's pretty damn crystal clear, understandable, that lesbians might have a unique relationship with womanhood that can exist outside of a binary, especially since we don't romantically slash sexually engage with the other side of the binary. Sometimes it feels like I have to choose between non-binary and lesbian, and it's kind of really annoying because those two experiences are inextricably linked for me. Maybe this is an overused take at this point, but you know, IDK we're overly online LGBT discourses right now since I've been off Twitter and TikTok for well over a year now, literally healing, but just my two cents. Thanks for sending in this hot take, us. We really appreciate it. And, and congratulations on being off of Twitter for over a year. One year Sunny clean? And I on a, no, like, literally, like... Ten months over, I must admit, <laughs> just because you're that's, clean. <laughs> that's us talking about social media this one week. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was you getting suspended for a week off of Twitter. No, I was like, what do I even do with myself now? What I did with myself was play Candy Crush, so... That's always your backup. When times get hard, you will find Sunny playing Candy Crush. I... That is my most active social media account. My... Mm-hmm. <laughs> my Candy Crush <laughs> platform. When... When they say they want a gamer girl and she plays Candy Crush. Yeah, and I'm on level 3,951 currently, so none of you bitches can talk to me. Like, I'm very serious. I'm very committed to this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, anyways, so I think... Back to the email. We've said what S is saying here to some degree. At, mm-hmm. Like, I feel like so often on the podcast, which is why this is so real and true, this hot yeah. take... And, yeah, I mean, I think, like, obviously in a patriarchal world, there are two genders. There is the oppress- mm-hmm. oppressing gender and the oppressed gender. And then, and you know, mm-hmm. fucking, like, that's the whole point. That's the point of patriarchy, actually. That's how sex-based oppression and gendered oppression has always manifested itself, okay? So it's just so interesting that non-binary in the liberal imagination has often become this thing where it's like, as long as you don't fit, on like a visual level in your gender presentation, if you don't seem to fit your like assigned gender at birth or your assigned sex or whatever, Mm -hmm. okay, then you're other. But for people who can't fully integrate themselves into one category or the other in their transness, and are visibly thus, like, you know, not within the, like, not on one side of the binary or the other, thus emerges this idea of the non-binary person, this idea of someone who is, like, a feminine man or a masculine woman, or, and that is seen as, like, Mm -hmm. this third category, I think, in the general imagination, which is really stupid and dumb, obviously. And I think, like, the LGBT overly online predominant narrative and discourse in reaction to that is like you mm-hmm. you don't owe anyone androgyny as, <laughs> as uh, someone who's like, non-binary which is fucking <laughs> anyway <laughs> i think it, i think it's silly because on one hand that idea that you can be non-binary without presenting androgynous is unfortunately the slogan that opened my third eye of being like I don't feel like a quote-unquote cis woman but I also know that I'm not trans as more time has passed this whole oh am I non-binary and a lesbian I don't necessarily feel that way anymore and that I just use lesbian as such an encapsulating word whereas 
like the people who get it get it and the people who don't don't like if someone asks me my gender or whatever that's coming up like I'm always gonna lead with the fact that like I'm a lesbian on almost all degrees first which obviously by saying or by not saying that I'm a woman like hopefully people can put two and two together and figure that out but yeah again that's something that we've said on the podcast like so many times yeah, and I think, like, this question of, like, what does it even mean to, like, feel like a cis woman or to feel like a woman or whatever, and I think, yeah. like, yeah, there's no way to feel like something that shouldn't exist on in, like, a metaphysical way, you know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. gender only exists because of the power structures that be, and so how you feel about it, like is as much of a reaction to the world around you as it is like an internal sense of yourself you know so i think like it's interesting that the the two general camps at least from what i've understood mm-hmm. is like okay mm-hmm. non-binary people people who don't look like men or women or don't feel like men or women and thus don't look like men yeah. or women and or okay but being non-binary doesn't mean that you have to be androgynous these two like I guess, competing ideas in the mainstream conception mm-hmm. of gender nonconformity or non-binariness in general, I think yeah, is, have been battling out. <laughs> is really funny to see because I don't think either side really gets it. Like, you you really don't understand what's going on here because if we're going to, under- <laughs> like, if we yeah. think about non-binary identity as something, as, like, a label that one takes on, Okay, it's true. Anyone can take on this label if it resonates with them. And Mm -hmm. that's fine, you know. But, like, there, I think, is... It's weird to try to categorize different people into these different, like, boxes that were already constructed for the purpose of being able to create a hierarchy to oppress and marginalize people. For example, I think mo- a lot of like cis women who get clocked as trans women just for their features or cis women who are butch and just present mm-hmm. very masculine or effeminate gay men or, you know, like drag queens, etc. All of these people, even if inherently and in how they recognize themselves and how they move about the world are cis, like they're not treated like cis people. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. they... Yeah, yeah. Whereas uh, there are plenty of non-binary people who move about the world in a way that is perceived entirely as cis by the world at large, right? Like, and that's why I think attempting to create this, like, third gender category for people who essentially are other is really Mm -hmm. funny it's really funny to see because you're essentially seeing people who already sort of face the due to the nature of their pre-existing like or their uh, you know their sexuality how they just look you know stuff that you have no choice in whereas taking on an identity and taking on a label for that identity i think there especially Mm -hmm. on the internet there is a degree of choice and autonomy in that for those yeah. people, like, it's funny to them, it's funny for me to think about this group of people as people who would probably fit the material category of not mm-hmm. fitting within the binary um, in a more significant way than people who at large do fit within the binary but don't define themselves as such. And, like, yeah. it's another issue of people, I think, wanting to take on 
struggles or like appropriate realities that they don't live, which I think is a funny thing about the internet and the way that identity and the self is like commodified and how marginalized identity is like something that is like the new god that you worship essentially. Like I think it all, all of this is something that is all related to each other. But yeah, no, I don't think a recognition of a third gender marker or category makes any sense, uh, especially because the whole point of the positionality of non-binary or transness even, or queerness even, or being gay or same, like homosexual, etc. This is all a threat to the patriarchal system at large. So the whole point mm-hmm. is to take down patriarchy and the gender roles it enforces, creates and necessitates, as opposed to attempting to integrate more categories and, and officially recognize like groups of people into that existing system, especially if and because it doesn't really benefit people on a material level. Like, gay marriage benefits people on a material level because people are able to, like, live and buy houses together, you know? Like, people are able to (laughs) Mm -hmm. be legally recognized as people who can visit each other in emergency situations and in hospital rooms. And, you know what I mean? Like, that's something that's that was fought for as as an element of integration into civil society and law because it was really affecting people's ability to like move throughout the world. Whereas I think non-binary as this ambiguous category and identity is ambiguous for a reason. It shouldn't be marked down by any pre-existing mm-hmm. governing systems. I think that having like a third marker right now isn't like progress or liberation because obviously what we both believe is like the abolition of gender and gender currently is being used as it's a class system there is the gendered class because also part of being like a cis straight man is like your lack of genderedness you just kind of get to move about the world as like a human being whereas once you are gendered in a really specific way regardless of what that regardless as oh you can tell that bitch uses they them pronouns or (laughs) you're like a woman or whatever Mm -hmm. Like, that obviously just becomes a constant part of your life in whatever way. Because you're no but longer I the default. Think, you're no longer the dominant exactly. class or category. Exactly, which is, like, the same thing with racial hierarchy. Like, if you're white, you just, like, move around the world as a person. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Whereas mm-hmm. once you're seen as not white, even if, like, you are, like, Italians who get clocked as, like, Hispanic or whatever mm-hmm. and still get racialized, yeah. even though they're white. But anyways, so... There's that aspect, but then I also think, historically speaking, it's like there have been communities that have had more than two genders, or patriarchy or whatever gender system looks different. And so I could see for Native people and like two-spirit people, and especially in the way that like homophobia and transphobia has like seeped into Native culture because of colonization, I could see why in those contexts it would be important to combat that with the validity of like something like a third gender in the way that like yeah things different have category been, like, anglicized nice yeah. yeah and so i think and, and that's not the only history or society or ethnic group or you know group of people that have had multiple genders i definitely think that remembering that history or like bringing it forward or letting people participate in that lineage can be used as a way to take down the patriarchy because ultimately 
for these things to be successfully recognized in a meaningful way for these people to be able to exist you would have to like truly deconstruct the idea of two genders and why there are two genders and then from that patriarchy crumbles hashtag goals or whatever so i think that there are contexts and why people wouldn't necessarily identify as like non-binary but why other gender mm -hmm. markers would be helpful however when talking about like the world at large or people's liberation at large this idea that once again non-binary people don't have to own you androgyny but also being non-binary is not being a man or being a woman i think a person really has to contend with how they feel and how that affects their material world and how they actually move about the world yeah, yeah, because yeah. Even though, like I said, I identify as a lesbian, I know that I move about the world and get treated as a cis woman. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. me talking to you and me going to like a doctor's office or like mm -hmm. a barista handing me my cup of coffee and she hurting me or whatever, like it, th those are two different things in my mind. Like I don't expect anyone to like clock me or whatever mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. like i just know what i look like like i know mm -hmm. what i look like i know what people see me as i'm at peace with that because i can be and there are people who are not but i think that also speaks to what s was saying is that like this idea that all of the identity of non-binary can be in one third gender marker is also kind of ridiculous even if we look at mm -hmm. how non-binary is being used right now regardless of like the system at large or like patriarchy at large because there are people who are trans and face transphobia and do not go about the world being treated as cis who are non-binary there are people who are like me and you mm -hmm. <laughs> who move about the world as cis women but obviously are lesbian in that way yeah. and there are also just like other lesbians who even though i'd say looking at the way that society works right now, being a lesbian is gender non-conforming. If you ask every individual lesbian, like, are you cis, are you gender non-conforming, whatever, there are going to be even, like you said, like, butches and studs who identify as a cis woman, even though they may not be treated that way when they yeah. walk. You know, and I mean, like, the that's world. the so other like, thing. Gender itself, even so in much. the pre-existing categories, like, womanhood is already so expansive mm -hmm. as a category. And as yeah. like, so many people are women but navigate the world so differently based off of just, like, yeah. what they look like, how they've experienced the world. Like, you know, that that's just a given. That's a given for any category of people, you know? So to try to so it's like, categorize it even further mm -hmm. for the purpose of, like, bureaucracy and the maintenance well, of, Well, and, like, like, that's the other thing is, like, what is this... Who does this serve? Because I understand maybe if you're going in for like a job interview or something where I guess it, there could be like stakes but ultimately it's like you have to like lead with what both feels right for you and what is like accurate to like how you move about the world you know it's like mm -hmm. you can put your pronouns or gender in your bio or like you don't have to like yeah. That is, like, on social media, what I'm saying. But if you're, like, going in for, like, a bank to open up an account and they only have, like, man, woman, other, or, like, male, female, whatever. And it's, like, at that point, it's just, like, for stats. It's just for numbers. Like, I, like when I, like, mm -hmm. look at those things, I'm, like, this is so outside of, like, my actual social world mm -hmm. that, like, mm -hmm. 
What does a it's thing on a piece of paper? Def- how does this? How is this supposed to define me? How mm-hmm. am I supposed to try to be defined by or like a governing taking, system? Like a survey for whatever. Right, right. It's like it doesn't matter because, especially, I feel like if it's irrelevant to the situation, like the only time that I think it would be absolutely relevant, if like somehow you were getting medical help and the person like didn't know or whatever, like somewhere where you need like a specific. Mm-hmm relevant information to whatever society has tied to like either male or female even if that's not accurate to how you identify where like your life or like your medical care is Mm -hmm. like influenced by that and i understand like there's like housing and jobs but also that's just so social and so influenced by other things and you often get to like present yourself you know in Mm -hmm those situations that it's like not everything that you put on paper or not everything that is related to bureaucracy is accurate to who you actually are on so many levels Mm -hmm. outside of just Mm -hmm. gender that I don't think that this is what queer hashtag queer people should be like focusing on Mm -hmm. above like liberation you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. it's It's actually not conducive to liberation mm -hmm. I think to Mm -hmm. try to like i think it's more important to and i think well because you also mentioned like gay marriage and how that like actually affected people's material conditions again all of this comes back down to like class as usual because Mm -hmm. it is what defines how you relate to labor and production and Mm -hmm. the world at large like first and foremost so i think like even in the question of, okay, should non-binary or a third gender marker on bureaucratic like forms for government, jobs, etc. even exist? Well, the other question is like, well, who in our current system is even recognized by these institutions? And like, who is excluded from them mm-hmm. and why? Like, it's already, and also that's even within the context of like the US and like Western imperialist countries itself. Girl, these, these nations inherently depend on the exploitation of women across the world in order for it to Mm -hmm. exist like the military industrial complex necessitates like the abuse and sexual exploitation of women worldwide around like military camp bases this is just this has always Mm -hmm. been uh, the truth and Mm -hmm. like and women's labor at large for, for you know like textile productions and assemblage of like technology et cetera, et cetera. all of that is what sustains imperialist wealth and livelihoods of anyone living in the imperial core and all of that has to do with like women's labor and also poor colonized people's labor in general or at the expense Mm -hmm. of people who are getting bombed or people whose countries are getting split up or people whose leaders are getting assassinated by the government you know like this stuff Mm -hmm. i think is trying to focus on the minutiae or celebrate the supposed wondrous amazing um (laughs) sort of federal recognition of gay marriage or of Mm non-binary gender is so reductive at the end of the day and stupid because you're still looking to reform integrate and like inevitably support and further entrench the powers that be by making it seem more inclusive and good for the world and like a a step for (laughs) progress. When in reality, Mm -hmm. all all of any progress that occurs for women and like LGBT people in the US is 
like just like anything else that happens in the US is going to happen at the expense of the rest of the world or like is only possible because of the specific social circumstances that a country stolen, built on slave labor and imperialism allows itself to be. Like that's just always going mm -hmm. to be the case. So I think like so many conversations about like gen and also what you were saying about, you know, like indigenous communities and, you know, formal recognition of different gender expressions within these, like within various nations and tribes and groups. Like, yes, mm -hmm. that is something that is like important in terms of, you know, not furthering cultural like genocide. And it also yeah. is like it, the only reason why this shit needs to be reintegrated into existing bureaucracy and, you yeah. know, like our ideas of gender right now is because the book A People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn, the first chapter of it is talking about like the Iroquois Confederacy and mm -hmm. like the different nations that existed in North America like pre-colonization or in the midst of in the midst of first contact with settlers and how it was fundamentally like a matriarchal society and one in which children were not raised within a a, a sort of biological family unit it was rather like a a community-based function uh, was like raising children and part mm -hmm. of political decision making and stuff and family lines and names were tied to the women of any given like household you know um or any given like name or lineage and that what and women were the moderators of any given po like community political decision making that was happening so like and and not to generalize or say that like every other non-european or non-colonial culture ha didn't have you know patriarchy or you know like fucked up gendered like societies mm -hmm. because that's not true at all but it is to say that in entirely destroying or wiping out cultures nations communities through war and genocide you also erase the non-dominant ways of being and the non-dominant genders which is just another form of you know like navigating the world within the power structures that be in in the form of like gender like, you are also erasing that, right? So, and that is something that universally yeah. applies across, like, the world, you know? I agree. In my class that I took last year, essentially, I had a reading. I'm forgetting the name of where the excerpt was from, but it was talking about when the Spanish came to the United States and essentially brutally, sorry, trigger warning for like violence and colonization, but like brutally murdered these indigenous folks. They were like the first people that they targeted in this particular tribe because the Spanish saw them as gay men, but within the culture of the tribe, they weren't men. I'm forgetting the name, but essentially like a third gender, like a non- man woman gender but the spanish to them saw like a quote-unquote man and woman's clothing like with another man and specifically attacked them before any other type of indigenous person essentially like obviously colonization and genocide happened <laughs> took yeah, place yeah but these specific what we would call queer now but they probably would not use that language but essentially attacked queer people first or non-binary people first from 
the colonizer point of view. So like learning more about that history about how not only have native communities historically had more than two genders or more than man and woman and that obviously the homophobia and the transphobia that we see now in certain like tribes is from colonization and cultural genocide but I think also looking back at the history of when it was actually happening seeing that these people were specifically targeted I think does give importance to bringing back that history but like you said it, that is a product of colonization so obviously bringing back that history should be tied with trying like fighting against colonization and imperialism and therefore like class and that should lend itself more to the liberation of like all oppressed people rather than a marker on like some documents irrelevant piece of piece of bureaucracy essentially so it's like i think for the overly online people who like to say that their boyfriend is a little bit gay because they use they he pronouns even though no one in the world <laughs> who's passing them by would ever assume right, right, that right. they use they he pronouns or even see that relationship as queer or gay like yeah. tom holland and zendaya of course <laughs> and yeah Personally, I think that's a little bit bullshit. Is your heart, is your heart and your head in the right place, love? Like, it's like I don't really care what people do with their bios or what they do on the day to day. <laughs> yeah. But I do think and believe in the liberation of queer people, obviously, and all oppressed people. So it's like, mm -hmm. wh what is it actually? Are you like? aligning yourself with patriarchy? Mm -hmm. Are you be are you being misogynistic like in your stances mm -hmm. on gender, no matter how inclusive or queer you want to think of yourself mm -hmm. as? Because at the like, end of the day, like if you are trying like, to separate yourself from womanhood because you think women are bad, or you think, or that you want to reject manhood because you don't want to be mm -hmm. implicated in the condemnation of manhood, like. Yeah, that's also something you know what I mean. Like these things are. This doesn't exist. Y your own identity, identity itself, can only exist in relationship to systems at large and and why they mm -hmm. exist. So like it's important to interrogate. You know why you identify as what you do. Obviously, everyone has thought about yeah. this, but also like I think no identity absolves you of harm. Right, like mm -hmm. being a woman doesn't make you not misogynistic. Like plenty, most women are misogynistic. Many women have been misogynistic to me. Most of our moms are misogynistic to us from a young age. You know, like that's how patriarchal indoctrination is reinforced. And of course that's like different from how patriarchy is enacted in terms of, in forms of like literal, like violence, like the murder and rape of girls and women and trans people, etc. Like I just, I think like, we can't, we cannot use our Twitter bios <laughs> or uh, like how we choose to identify or how we want to present to the world or how we want the world to perceive us to overcome or, or supersede the material reality of how we navigate the world. Like, I just don't think that that is helpful for anyone and it shows a lack of touch with reality when you attempt to pretend that like it can I guess you know mm -hmm. agreed and I feel like like a lot of this is things that we have 
said explicitly before in the podcast or have peppered in in talking about other topics but i think it was important for us to condense it all in this hot take here yes and i can't wait for us to get both the um this podcast is two trans and the turf <laughs> allegations at the same time all at once as per usual right right everything everywhere all at once <laughs> and that's just our apple reviews but <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. but thank you for this hot take do you have anything else that you have to add sunny no i mean you know these are just our thoughts these are just our thoughts these are just our opinions yeah these are just our thoughts (laughs) (laughs) and at the end hashtag hashtag jk (laughs) please no like allegedly etc so now we have a hot take from aster and the subject of the email is self-reclaimed femmes hating on butches <laughs> hi sunny and renaissance Hail as old as time i'm aster he him trans mask butch lesbian polish communist converted to gaylorism by you which i'm very thankful for <laughs> i'm writing to you because Slay. i saw another dumb take on the clock app and i'm mad also because i love you being haters please never stop <laughs> i'm sending a screenshot <laughs> but that's not the first person i've been seeing make seen i've seen making the exact same video so no hate to this creator in particular it was a video with the you must be right this is an amethyst audio which is trending when i'm writing this and basically says you must be right this is a lesbian except lesbians are butch and mean the point of this trend is to make fun of the stereotypes but as a mean butch i am so annoyed the screener that he sent (laughs) the like caption of the post of like except a lesbian is butch and mean and then the caption is i am simply a very nice femme is the caption okay well anyways this is Mm -hmm. just another case of people complaining about their privilege of not being clocked as queer and how hard it is to not get hate (laughs) crimed plus lesbians being butch isn't actually a stereotype because many of us are butch right now lesbians in media aren't even allowed to be butch or gender non-conforming it's obviously because of the cis heteropatriarchy and the male gaze but i feel like also because people think depicting butch lesbians is playing into the stereotypes and to be woke your lesbians have to be gender conforming and i also feel like Mm -hmm. the original take it was punching down saying something like not all of us are ugly butches some of us are nice and pretty i'm sorry but gender conforming lesbians are so annoying sometimes the same people will call themselves femmes and then hate on butches and it just shows how they have no regard for lesbian history and didn't read a single book on it anyway i love your podcast so much thank you for being so awesome thanks aster i would like to say if there's anyone being a nice femme one thing about me i'm not nice so that oh but I will be a bitch. The, so. the, there's a new Megan album out, and one of the songs on it oh, that yeah. are most important to me is Not Nice. <laughs> I would really resonate exactly. with Bitch, I'm Not Nice. Like, at the end of the day, <laughs> before like, anything else. If you're else, a and you think being nice is a fl- I mean, I have manners. I'm polite. I was raised right. I'm a hating-ass but... bitch before anything else. Dear Lord. Exactly. Like, ugh, God. Are femmes on TikTok not tired? Are they not exhausted? (laughs) Like, yes, I am a femme and I was once on TikTok, but I feel like hashtag femmes of TikTok. Why are you bringing this heinous behavior and mindset onto the good name of femmes? Mm. Because femmes only exist because of witches Mm -hmm. and studs Mm -hmm. and masculine lesbians. Mm -hmm. Like, we are their counterpart. Without them, we wouldn't exactly. exist. Exactly. So it's like this whole idea that people can be a femme 
on their own with complete disregard of lesbian history is like, first of all, you don't have to be a femme. You do not have to be a femme. Like, if you're going to behave this way, oh, revoked. Like, (laughs) so sorry. Like, you, like, you can just be a woman. (laughs) You can just be a, a woman lesbian. Like, that is okay. But this whole, I mean, not okay if you're still, like, fucking rude to butches and have no respect. But whatever. You're not, like, sullying lesbian history. But this idea that you can talk down or try and contradict quote-unquote lesbian stereotypes being butch and mean, which, where are they? Where is that representation? <laughs> I would like to see it. But, because it's like, like, where are these endless shows of mean butches? Right, because right, right. I've seen a lot of lesbian movies, and that's not making up even half of the lesbian movies that I've seen. Mm-hmm. So it's like, where are you finding this quote-unquote dominant narrative that you think you as the nice femme need to subvert because that is just not the reality if anything when i tell people i'm a lesbian i think they expect me to be too nice i think they should be more scared i should see people physically shaking in their boots but i'm not (laughs) and that's a problem so why are we trying to combat something that i don't think is an issue for any of the people complaining about it which is essentially boiling our our response to many of the takes that we get that we find stupid Mm -hmm. is people complaining about things that aren't really an issue Mm -hmm. like oh i'm a lesbian and i only want to like be with someone who also has a vagina it's like is that really such a big problem that you need to like make a whole (laughs) internet personality about it like is like lesbians who are like like actual turfs is like are trans women trying to slide into your DMs such a big problem that you need to make this a political marker? Like, is <laughs> Butch, like, Butch's existing so... Such a such threat a to your existence? You? Like, yeah. It's like, I just don't even think that this is happening enough or is big enough in an, of an issue for y'all to be like, moving a like reaction this. Yeah. to be this big of a thing. Yeah. Cut, cut the crap on that level before we even actually unpack how stupid this is yeah be real because like men do not treat butchers well men do not treat masculine Mm -mm. women well at all in fact like if you are femme or whatever if you look like a woman to a man and you look like a woman Mm -hmm. who is feminine in in a womanly way or whatever like Girl, if you wear makeup in a God-honoring way. <laughs> like, you are going to... You're going to face a level of respect that people who don't are just never going to have. Like, what... This is... What fantasy world do y'all live in in which butches or butch lesbians or masculine women are treated better than feminine women? Mm-hmm. Like, what world are you living in? <laughs> This is not Literally. how patriarchy and works. And also, it's like, I think TikTok trying to talk about, like, pretty privilege is <laughs> quite dumb because it essentially is all the other privileges combined. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Obviously, being white, whatever. If you have enough money to be to be pretty, if you have enough food, whatever. Yeah. Obviously, is also tied into, like, fat phobia. And the person in the screenshot is not fat and is, like, quote-unquote pretty and also identifies identifies as very nice but like is white it's like in what world are you being treated 
worse. <laughs> like, not worse, but, like, it's, like, what you're trying to separate yourself from, it's, like, there are so many other privileges also at play here of, like, oh, I'm just a pretty femme, I'm not a mean butch, especially when butchness historically and culturally has been also tied to, like, fatness. Mm-hmm. What are you actually yeah. saying? It's 100% say not, like, other punching down. It's just punching down. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even just punching down at this point. At this point, it's just, like, misogyny. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. you're just hating on women who are not feminine enough, not nice enough. Because part of being a woman, part of the expectations for womanhood is being feminine and being nice. That's actually a key component. That's, like, two yeah. of the biggest things expected of you when you come out into the world as a hashtag woman. Like, that's the... <laughs> You, you're really not shaking the goddamn table here by saying that mm-hmm. you're feminine and that you're nice. Like, girl, that's what's expected of you. <laughs> and, like, literally, like, proactive niceness is what's expected of you. Because the <laughs> amount of women that are seen, like, just women on the street that are seen as, like, bitch or seen as cold for just, like, minding their own business in a public space or not wanting to interact with strangers. Like, I literally talked to my friends about guys approaching them and if like you have to like be nice to them so that you don't get killed but you also can't be like too nice so that they like think you're into them or whatever yeah so like you like literally have to be nice because if you just say oh i'm not interested in talking to a literal stranger right now or ignore them like things can go south quite quickly so it's like sometimes like people have to be nice to protect themselves Mm -hmm. so then you using this as a way to say oh other women aren't nice enough i'm the nice pretty feminine one (laughs) well it's like (laughs) what are you actually saying (laughs) like what like how's any different from your average pick me type bitch like what and it's like okay so do you not want a girlfriend like who are you posting this for <laughs> who is this like this is like pick me behavior but if you're a lesbian <laughs> you, like are you waiting for the men to be like yes finally the lesbians are becoming nice and feminine enough for me like why like who is your target audience here? because to me as a lesbian i'm not gonna be like oh i'm a nice pretty femme me trying oh, to find my you, next GF, uh, someone who calls himself a nice yeah. pretty femme. Bitch, I, I was, girl, I'm throttling you on sight. Like, what? <laughs> like, so it's like, like, y'all are so online and do not talk <laughs> to people. I don't, like, that's the thing. Like, I don't even know where this idea would come from. Because I'm like, oh, so you don't talk to people in real life. But it's also like, what are you watching that could possibly give you this, this idea. idea? Yeah. <laughs> So it's like I don't think this is in the real world, and I don't even think this is like in no a realm of reflection. reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the majority of lesbian relationships historically mm-hmm. and presently are butch femme relationships. <laughs> like this is just exactly. the truth, and I think like especially with the the post. I think, like, 2000, in, like, the 21st century. I post-9-11 think. lesbian post, culture. Post-9-11 lesbian culture? <laughs> like, Next is, substack essay, how 9-11 <laughs> affected lesbians. 
<laughs> like, I think that this whole lipstick lesbian bullshit has just really <laughs> crumbled the, the, the two brain cells existing in some of you guys' minds. Because, like, okay, mm-hmm. also, pl- there's plenty of lesbian relationships also, mostly represented in media, let's be real, let's be hashtag real right now, that are... Mm-hmm. Like, two feminine women together. Or two women who maybe aren't, like, feminine, but, like, you know, aren't masculine. But aren't androgynous. Yeah. They're just, like, women. You're yeah, average-ass, yeah. like, normal-looking woman. Like, you're literally woman. average-ass woman. <laughs> like, you're a normal woman who is also in a relationship with a normal-looking woman. Like, these mm-hmm. two, those are the lesbian relationships that I see represented on screen and also in my life. Those mm-hmm. are the two types of of people I see. Two two people who just look like regular women or a butcher femme. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck the rest of you guys are on. Because, uh, because to be honest, I, I don't really, I just don't really see this world that you're, that you want to create in your mind on, in, in this, and project onto the digital space. I, I don't see it. I don't see this reality. Literally, I'm going through my letterbox list right now of the lesbian movies that I've seen. And it's like, they don't all look the same, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't ever point to one of them and be like, oh, this is like butch representation, except for like, maybe like the watermelon woman. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know if Tignataro identifies as butch, but like maybe, and also she's a real person. Yeah. But like, maybe how many like movies movie, are on this list? Uh, 69. <laughs> so <laughs> like, 69. we have, out so of like, several dozen movies, yeah. we got like one <laughs> butch. So what yeah, the and fuck are like, y'all talking about? <laughs> it's like some of them are just like normal women. Like like in disobedience, sorry, this is just the first one that I think most people would understand. It's like it's Rachel Vice, Rachel McAdams, obviously they're both gorgeous, like they're literally professional actresses. But in the movie, it's not like any of them are like giving like high femme, full beat makeup mm-hmm. all the time. Always. One because one of the characters is Orthodox Jewish. But also, it's like, they just look like normal-ass women in the movie, but, like, are clearly women Mm -hmm. who have a relationship. Like, that, I would say, is, like, the actual majority. Or, like, in Booksmart, like, yeah, Diana Silver's character, she kind of has that, like, boyish charm or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't say that she's, like, a baby butch. Yeah, she's just, you know, know, she's just a girl. (laughs) Exactly. Like, she's just a girl. Like, I'd say that that's, like, most of... The movies where, like, there's one who's, like, maybe a little bit more feminine and one who just, like, looks like a normal person. <laughs> like, that's really it. Rather than, like, yeah. a butch And usually dynamic. one of them is, like, bisexual. Let's be yeah. real right now. Like, <laughs> most of the time, it's not two lesbians together, which is the other thing with butch femme relationships. Mm-hmm. You're both fucking lesbians. Exactly. So there there are many points, levels, and realms in which yeah. this is irrelevant, wrong, and disrespectful. <laughs> like, yeah. girl, get it together. Like, yeah. and that's the thing, is in a just world, this kind of behavior would get you sent to the gulag, <laughs> where you'd have to work until you were forgiven by the butch community, you know? And I think that is the society in the world that we should be moving towards. Like, and also, like, the butches, the butches these days, okay, listen, the landscape of gender and sexuality has changed so rapidly within the past several, just, Mm -hmm. like, years, and then also if you consider the decades, Mm -hmm. you know? So a lot of the grown-ass butches that, you know, one could know, if they grew up now, 
mm, they'd probably be like non-binary or trans mask or whatever. But, you mm. know, that's because of the world that they grew up in, you know, late 20th century, right? And for the world that we're growing up in now, like a lot of lesbians are like, yeah, I'm trans mask, but I am a lesbian. And mm-hmm. that is where butch identity then like sort of lies, right? Like there's this butch trans mask continuum that is like, there's plenty of cis butches, there's plenty of she, her butches, and there's plenty mm-hmm. of butches who are trans men, ostensibly. You know, like, it really yeah. just, girl, it, things change. The world moves, and also how gender exists in the world is, like, dynamic, obviously, and it evolves with, just as patriarchy evolves and takes on new shapes and forms. So... I think with that in mind, the consummate idea of like a butch itself and the historical reality of butch femme is already somewhat like dying out or mm-hmm. not really like a thing in the way that it was in the 20th century because of how like class society has changed Well, they're and like already like together. I think people in our age group aren't doing the whole butch femme thing and the way that people used to like it's still something that exists but i don't mm-hmm. think it's something that's continuing in the same way that yeah. it used to you know like butch and, and also like exist, before it was more like butches because of their gender nonconformity. it was either like you transition to be seen socially as a man so that way you could have a wife. Mm-hmm. And you, I read mm-hmm. a book called Female Husbands by Jen Mannion recently. And I mentioned it mm-hmm. in our Patreon bonus episode about, like, lesbian history. It was either that or, yeah. like, you couldn't really find a job or support yourself as a working class butch. Because jobs for women usually required some a level of gender conformity, right? Like, historically. Mm-hmm. And so it was usually, like, the femme who was the f- the breadwinner in that given relationship. Like, that's something that is really historically relevant. And that's why, again, this exists on class lines as well. Because also historically, like, the thing about lesbians who were able to exist as lesbian couples... Or just like, you know, women who were able to exist in lesbian relationships publicly were able to have their Boston marriages, their Wellesley weddings, you know, were like upper class white women, mm-hmm. right? Like were, were the academics who were just two women who lived in the same house together and everyone was like, well, it's fine because they write books, you know, like that's the thing. <laughs> like to hate on butchness is also to reinforce like class society and, mm-hmm. and it's entrenched in this like hatred of like working class people and working class history mm-hmm. because that's where both d- dynamics comes from. That's where trans communities came from. The idea of a trans community, mm-hmm. that's where ballroom culture comes from. Like the, the key parts of what we think of now as like lgbt history reality like the cultural you know existence of this shit is because of working class people it's because of poor people and how they lived worked survived made communities like lived their lives that's Thrived, that's the lived, blueprint had fun <laughs> like that's literally that's literally how they what lived this all laughed loved <laughs> yeah that's the blueprint for the rest of us exactly again This isn't anything particularly new that we haven't said on the podcast, but it's like people still seem to not be getting it. And we will (laughs) keep on talking about it as many times as you guys send it in, because ultimately this is what we talk about. And 
Yeah. I think one of the reasons why Sunny and I are so subversive is because we are a sexless Boston marriage podcast duo. Um, and the way that academics used to write books and literature. We have a fucking podcast. We have a long distance BFF, yeah. uh, two femme dynamic yeah, that I think yeah, is yeah. really important to lesbian history in this really subversive way. Subversive in a way, a lot of you femme, butch hating, self proclaimed them mm-hmm. bitches just would not would not get like you just wouldn't get it you literally know? would not get you wouldn't understand and like this is the other thing i like a lot of my lesbian <laughs> friends and i have also you know discussed like when people are like oh you're a lesbian oh you like women or especially with men it's like oh so you're a lesbian and you like women it's like mm-hmm. yes but girls not in the way you do because i like dice yeah. like i like yeah. i like butches i don't like people who you think are hot i don't know what to tell you like yeah. we can't we can't bond over liking women because a we like women in a very different way b mm-hmm. i don't like the types of women that you like because you like mm-hmm. ostensibly straight women girl mm-hmm. that's just never going to do it for me like <laughs> what like first and foremost i'm attracted to like queerness or like lesbianness in people and that's most likely going to be from other lesbians or sapphics in a way that those things or those traits even if straight men don't see it as like a lesbian trait are things that they're just not interested in on the whole in general Mm -hmm. so it's like what you find attractive in a person what i find attractive in a person even if we're quote-unquote both into women not in the same way it's like so different and also like the first things that i notice about a woman is different than the first thing that a man notices about a woman or even if we do happen to think like the same person is cute or pretty or whatever it's like sometimes i think they're cute and pretty because hashtag bff like feminism like play (laughs) right and you know but like at the end of the day who lesbians are attracted to and who men are attracted to i think is it, it, it's just two different things, which I think we've also talked about on the podcast before. I think in another biphobia episode huh. is bisexual people viewing the way that lesbians view them as women, for, as like objects of desire or whatever, and the way that men view them is like different. But then obviously when you live in both worlds, mm-hmm. you know, what conclusions one draws from that mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. we've critiqued and gone over multiple times on the show but i think that it is something worth reiterating you know that just because like straight men and lesbians are both into women like that's what people see it as it that doesn't mean that that into womanness is the same that is our contribution to queer lesbian internet <laughs> discourse of the day <laughs> Yes. Now we finally get to talk about bodies, bodies, bodies. Woo! Everyone cheered. Yeah. This movie came out quite recently, and it's the movie mm. of the fucking summer. We've been looking forward to this for months. Yes. Like for like fucking literally. Months. I think even before the trailer came out, because I follow Rachel Sennett's filmography on letterbox like a goddamn hawk (laughs) and so i saw the entry for this like months ago and then finally news dropped in trailers and sunny and i have been counting down the fucking days yes yes indeed so should we start with just our our stats our ranks what we rated it 
Well, actually, let's just talk a little bit about the movie first, because okay. we're going to be spoiling this probably, like, most most likely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll put yeah. some war- warnings up before we say anything. But the thing is, is that you should just go see the fucking movie. Like, <laughs> yes. go to your local theater. Go see that shit, bro. Like, and if it's mm-hmm. not running already, you know, find it somewhere, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, <laughs> like... It's, I would say of all the movies that I'd say to like support in theaters this year, this would be the one that I recommend above anything else, except for maybe everything if we're all at once. But that already got the but hype it, that it deserved, and it's already out of exactly. theaters, you know. Exactly. So this is so this like is what's it. running now that you should go see if you're listening to this and you know as it was as it's released this episode. But yeah, anyways, so there's that, and essentially this is like a satire slasher type movie. It's like a thriller mm-hmm. horror vibes, but comedic (laughs) quite Mm -hmm. comedic i would say and it's featuring young adults like early 20 somethings types Mm -hmm. all pretty wealthy and all pretty online from what we can tell in the movie well they're all rich yeah that's the whole point like they're rich they're making fun of gen z in this movie i would say like that's what the movie is is doing you know and we'll talk more about whether we think it did it like effectively or not but what's Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think the premise of it is for someone you, you like you would give to someone who hasn't seen like the trailer per se? I mean, you should watch the trailer too because the trailer is amazing. Yeah, but yeah, how would you synopsize? I would it? say if you like the way that Mean Girls portrays social dynamics of a very particular right. time, like what Mean Girls is to the early two thousands in portraying. Yeah, like teenage girlhood. Bodies, bodies, bodies. Does that kind of like similar satirical, mm-hmm. like generational commentary in a very funny way that I think is similar, but with a slasher horror thriller twist. And I think like the setting part of this is so important because they're in the middle of nowhere in this yeah mansion. And there's a hurricane coming in. And there's basically the whole point is that they want to do a party in the middle of mm-hmm. nowhere during a storm because live, laugh, a love. A hurricane party is what they call it. Yes. <laughs> so great ideas. Great ideas abound, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. <laughs> they're all fucking trapped in this house, essentially. And people start dying. And in some ways, it's a bit of a, not like a locked room mystery. It's more just like no mm-hmm. one can leave or come in because of the storm. Mm-hmm. And so when shit goes south, when someone dies, it's not looking real good. No service, no electricity. Girl, girl, we're in the trenches. Like, it's the, the stakes get upped within the first mm-hmm. third of the movie pretty quickly, I would say. It's like a drugged out killer mean girls. But I would say that obviously we mentioned that Rachel Sennett is in this film. I think it's very interesting that Shiva Baby all takes place in essentially one house. Mm -hmm. And it's also very anxiety inducing and features very anxiety inducing. Yes. Mm -hmm. And also features her in a precocious or suspicious relationship with an older man Mm. and then bodies 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 is also her and a suspicious precocious Mm -hmm. relationship with an older man trapped in one house with anxiety about 
and her Tensions with very are high. niche and, and specific creative endeavors. <laughs> She's a podcaster. Mm-hmm. No, like oh yeah, the podcast representation. Everyone screamed for Lavender Menace co-host. I know, I know. A lot of you bitches in the theater were like, "That sounds so familiar." <laughs> People DM me being like, when Al- when Alice's mm-hmm. character in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies was a podcast host, I thought of you. I was like, girl, please. <laughs> no, it was like watching some of the things she's like, whenever it come up, I'm like, oh, it's so bad for me and Sunny right now. Like, it's so bad. <laughs> please. It's a lot of people were called screaming. out by this movie, I would say. Yeah. And she's like, it takes a lot of work. You have to Google calendar and <laughs> organize. <laughs> and build a following. She's so, so real Sophie's right now. character talking about like writing creative nonfiction. I was dead. She came for the Substack girlies. Oh, speaking of, no. we did create a Substack. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much to everyone who has subscribed to it. Yes. I released an essay about cults uh, yes. at this point a couple a week or so ago, and yeah. I really appreciate everyone's lovely feedback. And we'll be having mm-hmm. more stuff coming your way in on that front. Of course. So, keep so with that being said, build. add Sunny to the fucking body count of the deaths <laughs> in this movie. Because uh, well, the thing is, so is that the people real. who survived, it, it was by the skin of their fucking teeth. And mm-hmm. it was like the last scene, that punchline was killer. Like killer. It was so in Like I was like, so all these bitches died for nothing. <laughs> So all of these bitches, like, whoo. Well, especially, like, I'd say three of them died for nothing. Mm-hmm. Two of them, it was like, well. You kind of had like, it coming. You, yeah, I was like, you, like, you were going to, you were going to die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, regardless of how this night shook out. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the first one. <laughs> but then there are three that is like, oh, explaining that to law enforcement's going to be tough. <laughs> <laughs> like, so many times Ooh. in the movie, I was like, do they realize that there's going to be an after of this? Mm-hmm. Like, let's pause and think about our actions and our mindset. The long-term effects of this shit? Yes. Yes. And I think, like, that's why this movie is ultimately, like, criticizing and satirizing mm-hmm. the internet and digital spaces and how it affects people's relationships with each other because like it makes mm-hmm. it so high stakes in the moment that no one is really thinking about the long-term consequences of any given social interaction mm-hmm. so that when it actually does have those consequences you don't even realize it until it's too late and yeah. you know it's like I, I think like on a very basic level and in you know, what you could take as, like, cringe from this is, like, this idea, like, oh, phones are bad, they're killing us, like, cancel culture is literally murdering each other, you know, whatever. Stuff like that. (laughs) Which is, like, yeah, on the surface level, like, A, that shit is corny. And B, Mm -hmm. that is what you could take away as, like, thematically the most important thing of this movie. But I think, like, what is, what was interesting about this movie and what was so compelling to me and why I enjoyed it so much was like how it played out was like how it told it um because mm-hmm. a message doesn't really mean anything unless it actually like within a form of media like like a movie it it only means as mm-hmm. much as how it delivers it and I think it delivered it quite well and quite realistically because all of these characters 
were are so real i think like this movie more than anything else proves to me that like rich kids will do like inevitably rich kids will do drugs but Mm -hmm. rich kids really should not be doing hard drugs (laughs) like we (laughs) like people really should not be touching that shit, mm-hmm. okay? Not mm-hmm. even Xanax if it's not prescribed to you, bitch. Like, no fucking way. You know what I mean? It's just like, I feel like a lot of this shit could have been... Like, this is the other thing. This movie <laughs> also Sobriety is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> this movie doesn't make these blanket statements of, like, your phone is killing you. Drugs are mm-hmm. ruining your life. It's not mm-hmm. so psa in that way. It's more of like, yeah, no. okay, drugs exist in your life. Your phone exists in your life. And these social dynamics and close friendships exist in your life. And when you got all this shit mixed together, it creates some really complicated, high-stakes social dynamics that when you add in a murder, when you add in a death, Mm -hmm. when you add in some blood in the mix, it becomes real sticky real quick. And I think, like, that's the thing. It's not, like, at the end of the day, I don't... The thing is, is that... The chaos of everything that happened happened that way, like, inevitably. Like, it was going to Mm -hmm. happen. The tensions were already high when Sophie and B pulled up. You could cut that with a knife. Like, Like, that was, like, Oh, Jordan was not fucking with her presence there at all. At all. Like, okay, also, the actors delivered. The actors literally delivered. They ate. And I think the biggest Mm -hmm. element of satire... In this movie, because I think it falls flat on satire on other fronts, but the biggest element of satire is how these characters played essentially exaggerated versions of themselves as real mm-hmm. life young people, as real mm-hmm. life digital media consumers and users of iPhones and drugs in the real world. Like, I think yeah. this movie ultimately satirizes them you know of course they're in on the joke you know and there's mm-hmm. the self-awareness aspect of it is what the movie i think it's not missing it in an unintentional way but i think like in our real lives most people have a level of, se- of self-awareness that these characters don't you know which is what makes them yeah like satire satirical also it's like this movie could not have been casted by like TikTok to actor pipeline people, ha, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Addison Ray would not have been able to play Alice in the oh, way that no. Rachel Sennett was, yeah. even though in she real life. She lives that life, yeah. Yeah, you know? So it's like, I think there is a level of some, like, intelligence. Yeah, like, these people are actor film. actors. Like, they're yeah. actors down. Like, <laughs> And it, like, that is also why it's so good. Not to bring up Crush, because it's different in almost every <laughs> single way, but in the way yeah. that it tries to build tension in a social dynamic of young people, in the way that it tries to create commentary on the way that people use their phones, or this kind of like whodunit kind of plotline in the way that they use social media in that way, I think is way more false and way less accurate to... Mm real gen z life Mm -hmm. than the way that this like horror movie that has gore blood and death yes there are many points of the movie where i was like that's hashtag real that's realer than the slice of life bullshit that some other people kind of present out here yeah with the way that 
acting it used to be like nepotism babies that used to be the generations but at least they had a standard that they had to live up to if their parents could <laughs> fucking act these tiktok and influencers to no, actor no, no, pipeline no. none of them actually have the talent mm-hmm. to bring anything to the table to even be able to have this fresh commentary you know mm-hmm. like gen z's are just now entering into their 20s to be able to even have this movie so i think that is like very clear that these actors and this cast in particular know very well who they're playing and what they are representing in the movie Mm -hmm. like in in the general tone of the film mm -hmm. the contemporary filmmakers biggest issue the most pressing way of trying to interrogate like the human condition (laughs) and for young Mm -hmm. people in particular now is the presence of like social media and Mm -hmm our phones and digital life. Like that is, like Greta Gerwig talks about how in writing Lady Bird, she really wanted to make it set in the 90s and early 2000s before phones were this ubiquitous thing because that was Mm -hmm. when, that was the last remnant of like unpublicized coming of age. Like non, Mm -hmm. non, like the presentation of self wasn't exacerbated to the level that we experienced growing up, you know? So- Like, the contemporary filmmaker, that's something that a lot of y'all trying to show on the screen our lives to us are not really getting correct. Mm -hmm. Or not really, you know, it's not really hitting the nail on the head. And I think this movie does it a lot better than previous attempts that we've seen. But it still Mm -hmm. has that twinge of, like, still clearly, like, made by, like, millennials. You know what I mean? Like, it's still... Oh, for sure. It's still a millennial movie trying to present, like, Gen Z. You know, like trying to criticize but, from this like yeah. lens that's a slightly removed from it but you know that's that's true of, like most filmmaking but also so of what we've seen this is definitely i'd say one of the strongest or yeah. if not the strongest one that we've seen mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. i don't think this is a spoiler but like tiktok is mentioned very early or a similar type app mm-hmm. is mentioned really early like in act one of the movie we see them gathered around alice's phone trying to do like basically a, what is like a fake viral dance to a song that they're trying Mm -hmm. to do Mm -hmm. and so we see this as a group activity that they do together Mm -hmm. but it's something that's fun like they're Mm -hmm. hanging out it's the summertime yeah you're gonna make some fun videos with a friend whereas i think other movies portray it as something that's like people take like really seriously or even if they do it's like they don't show it in the way that like how it looks in real life where you are hanging out with your real friends and you do have a phone in that way versus like Praising to the god of your phone is not as explicit and literal in the way that other Mm -hmm. films present it as, Mm -hmm, in the way that mm -hmm. it's clear that that's what's happening in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. But we don't see them literally say that in the way that Mm -hmm. I think so many people write about it, which annoys me and I thought was really refreshing about this movie. And I think this, and on top of our conversations about like non-binary and queerness, especially people our age and younger, is like if queerness... And who you are is what you do. But so much of your life is being online. Is what you do online actually what you do? Or is this this kind of like false action? You know, like, is being queer what I do? If I'm really gay online, is that something that I do that makes me queer? Even if the other half of my life, which is in the real world, 
doesn't look like that. It's like, I think that's another thing that the friend group and the dynamic and what brings the tensions in, in the movie, especially with, they bring up like the chat and, oh, Sophie didn't say that you didn't respond to the, the chat. chat. You didn't and they just the call it chat. the chat. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh my god, hashtag real. But, <laughs> like, not even gonna try and unpack that and how... You never you never even respond to the group chat. <laughs> that, honestly, that was scarier than the deaths. Like, <laughs> the use of the chat in conversation was scarier than watching actual bloody bodies. Like, I'm so oh, real about Lord. that. But oh, good lord. Is how Sophie communicates with the friend group in real life. Uh, how is that affected by her online presence and what she says? The marrying of these two worlds, that is essentially what is going to create the Gen Z identity, not the overwhelming presence of one or the other, but mm -hmm. how they interact with each other. And I think that this movie does it better mm -hmm. than any other recent young teen movie that we've seen. The fact that Sophie shows up after having like not spoken to any of these people mm -hmm. in so long and mm -hmm. I mean because she got out of rehab and also because she's just not someone who responds to the chat or you know like isn't really engaging with the rest of the social mm -hmm. group up until the point she shows up like that mm -hmm. is the immediate cause of tension I think that like yeah it's like I, was she invited? Like, why is she even here? Mm -hmm. Like, did she even say that she was coming? Like, yeah, she did. Like, that, I think, was like, oh, oh, that's, we're, we're, this is realness. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and also, I think something that's really interesting is that they're all at David's house, who's played by Pete Davidson. And it's clear that Sophie and David, before she went to rehab, were the closest friends out of yeah. all of them. Yeah. And, the other people in the friend group ask Sophie where things are in the house or ask her to show people mm -hmm. around because of how well and how much time she spent at David's house and how much time mm -hmm. they spent together. So I think that her also showing up unannounced, it's like, yes, it brings up tension, but also unspoken tension because no one can really actually justify why she shouldn't be there when it's clear that she has spent the most time at this house and probably... Mm -hmm historically has been the most welcome at that house mm -hmm. so in the hashtag real world it makes perfect sense why sophie would show up there in the summer because that's where her best friend lives and that's where she spent probably many childhood summers but in the internet gen z the chat mm -hmm. <laughs> the church is now the chat world mm -hmm. she has been ostracized and has removed herself from that community for a seemingly considerable amount of time so it's again it's the way that these two things come together that yeah. make up gen z social dynamics in a very particular way that i just don't think other generations or other decades of teenage media can represent even though i think mm -hmm. there's something quite universal about teenagehood i think mm -hmm. it's still very important to watch older teenage movies i think that detail is what is going to like separate gen z from like other teenage movie genres yeah the, the post 9-11 queer friend group <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think this is it yeah 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 the bi girls with boyfriends discourse <laughs> present and that present in this movie. present oh you know all of them have at least a slash they some of them are they thems but all of them <laughs> definitely have a have a slash they for Please. sure everyone loves it and everyone loves rachel senate obviously was mm -hmm. like first of all 
gatekeeping the fuck out of her. I'm sorry, consider this gate kept. Right. You guys do not love her in the way that we love her. Okay. <laughs> Some of you are just now watching Shiva Baby because of Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Okay, we watched Shiva Baby before this the, the, mm-hmm. this even hit the airwaves. Right, right, right. Another thing about the movie that I couldn't stop thinking about while watching is not only like every couple minutes I remember being like, I wonder what their long-term plan, like none of these characters right. have come to terms with the long-term plan. But also one thing that added a level of anxiety for me that I'm not sure was intentional was that everyone was using their phone as a flashlight, but no one was worried about their battery dying when right, they had right, the right. power. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was like, this is so scary. But then mm-hmm. also it reminds me of like how many horror films have it where they find a flashlight, but then the battery's dead or like they have yeah. to find batteries. Like I think it was such uh, an interesting way the different uses of flashlights, the different ones that people mm. had, mm-hmm. I think was just a very interesting take. The use of on, lighting all around. Oh, so good. Like Alice being covered in those glow-in-the-dark like mm-hmm. necklaces and mm-hmm. bracelets. And I also kept on thinking of like, they think there's a, a, a killer among them. That, that, that is the general point of anxiety yeah. for the yeah. majority of the movie is Who people is are dying killer? and they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck's happening? Oh, the camera work? Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful camera work. So there's the lights. And I was like, OMG, Alice, if you need to hide, how the frick are you going to do that when you have a target around your neck and wrist? Like, girl, let's think about this for a second. <laughs> but another moment where it's happening, and I was like, oh, the director is directing right now, the capital D, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was when they're all in Sophie's car and everyone's jam-packed, pouring rain, and the camera keeps spinning in a circle. Like, it keeps mm. painting to everyone in the car. And at first, I was like, oh, it's going to do a lap to, like, just show where everyone's sitting, and then we'll get, like, a stable shot. But then, like, it kept going around. And I was like, hurricane. Oh. I was like, this is, that's a little bit genius. And usually, I'm not a fan of too many camera swivels because your girl does get a little bit dizzy, but... It was, like, the perfect amount and also, like, added to the tension and, like, the literal head-spinning feeling that probably other characters were feeling at that time. And I was like, that was a good call. Instead of, like, a classic lipstick camera type shot for a car or even, like, looking through the windshield, I thought that that was a really good use of the camera in a very small space with a lot of people. And I was like, oh, that's Mm. kind of... That's, yeah. that, that's that's quite smart, actually. <laughs> Intelligence. This is why women yeah, directors, like, we should only have women directors. Literally. Like, like men need to stop actually all of their creative ho- projects. Yeah, 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 and also, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. building houses with their bare right, hands. Right, right, that's right, the right. only time. Like, <laughs> you should be seen <laughs> outside. Like, yes. Fixing yeah. things. Contributing Maybe to Denny. society. Yeah. Like, Paving the road. <laughs> physical roads okay laying down the train tracks etc let the woman stick to the movie making (laughs) please and i think i think i think the academy i think all film the whole entire film industry in every country in every space would be better if men just stop directing Mm -hmm. maybe in a couple years we'll consider like 50 75 can Mm -hmm. start to consider maybe bringing them back yeah no guarantees Yeah, yeah 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 Maybe on like a one a year basis, and if mm-hmm. one of you fucks up, I'm sorry, it's another it's probation. Out. 
Like, at this point, more men in Hollywood have fucked up than not for there to mm-hmm. not be a ban, a shutdown. Like, <laughs> literally. Literally. Mm. And also, it's just like, let's look at the material. Yeah. Let us yeah. open the book right. and look at the material. It's women but making I the good movies at the end of the also, day. Also, can we talk about the soundtrack for this goddamn When movie? Daddy came on by Slater at the beginning of the movie, I was like, okay, I'm seated. Mm-hmm. I'm seated as fuck. Like, Daddy's fuck? Like, seated as fuck. <laughs> seated so hard in the theater No, right literally. Now. That was another detail of the movie that I think I was like, ooh, you're really hitting, like, specific Gen Z nerves mm-hmm. that are not, mm-hmm. that are, like, When Azalea really Banks there. came on in the basement, yeah. I oh, was literally the 2 You best believe, two. under this mask, under that mask, <laughs> I was lip-syncing for my life. I was, li- I was like, oh, I know every word right now. I was giving. If they chose, like, cheesy Netflix fake mm-hmm. pop retail store pop ass yeah. music for the film, it it'd be like, been. okay, don't know what the fuck you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. And it would have taken away from it. But all of that music sounded like what I would think would be on the playlist yeah. for that friend group yeah, hanging yeah, yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, or like for on each of their Spotify's or something like that. Like the soundtrack was another really good part. I mean, obviously, I think the costuming was well. All of them looked like real yeah. young people in their 20s. Yeah. None of them looked like fucking H&M models. Thank yeah. God. There were certain details that I think really helped the character building and the world building and the realism that individually or the decisions were quite minute yeah but it added they were up. off like mm-hmm. it just made for the perfect mm-hmm. film also the beef that david and greg have or that specifically david has with greg i thought was quite funny yeah and his insecurities about that i think this film also kind of has that aspect where men aren't really real they're kind yes. of play things and we, we yeah, really yeah, yeah. like that mm-hmm, <laughs> detail mm-hmm. in a lot of things very like the men are out real and, quick <laughs> mm-hmm. they are and also it's like at the end of the day when push comes to shove you're out like mm-hmm. you're here because the girls the, the girlies mm-hmm. allow you to be and mm-hmm. because they think that you're fun mm-hmm. but when shit gets real mm-hmm. okay, you're kind of irrelevant to the situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. it's about how people react to each other and mm-hmm. specifically like girlies the yeah. girl friendships and i think that that's another that happens outside of the already lesbian content that's happening within the movie mm-hmm. i think that is another like just very specific queerness of girlhood thing mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. obviously we've seen a lot of the things that we like and a lot of the things that we talk about on the podcast that is also present in this yeah. movie it was just like in general i would say it was insanely memorable quite funny mm-hmm. and very mm-hmm. quotable like there were some quotes some lines from the movie that i still like i hear playing in my head mm-hmm. like i've been thinking like oh my god just like so many different lines that were just like wow <laughs> Mm-hmm. fucking fucking incredible like eviscerated that you know well okay this isn't even the best one but one that for some reason has really stuck out to me i don't know if this is a spoiler or not listen but it's it spoilers when... down to be honest like yeah. from here on out we gotta we gotta get into the spoiler. i mean th- this this shit we're already thematically we've been spoiling so respectful <laughs> yeah we've been so respectful by the way like we could have said mm-hmm. so many other things mm-hmm. but it's when alice goes to jordan and she goes, you're not even rich. You're upper middle class. That interaction was so fucking funny. 
her line delivery on that, I was like, oof. I know a lot of rich kids who went to see this movie are like shaking because they've definitely said that to ex friends. No, because like, oh, wasn't it? Wasn't it? You are rich. You're upper middle class. Mm-hmm. Your parents work at a university. It's public. That interaction. Yeah. yeah. So fucking funny, yeah. bro. I was in that theater like, laughing yeah. my ass off. Please. It was because Jordan was criticizing everyone else being like, oh, you're all rich. Like, you're all spoiled. Like, you're all mm-hmm. brats. You don't have to take care of yourself. And then Alice was like, you're rich. And then Jordan's like, yeah, but I'm different. And then Allison turns against her and is like, actually, you're not even rich. You're <laughs> up a little class. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, the thing that I thought was so funny was like, was like, does mm-hmm. David's dad keep keep guns in the house no i mean they're rich but like his politics check out cut to fucking b looking through the window and all she sees is the glint of that gun we like the rain is pouring like we can't see shit and then we see the glint of that fucking gun where did you get that Mm -hmm. gun where did girl like they're rich of course they have guns (laughs) yeah because i think what sophie says i can't i think it is jordan who asks And Sophie says, David's an asshole, but his politics check out. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, girl. (laughs) But I was also like, that is such a, like, rich, liberal-ass thing to say. Is to, like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. genuinely be, like, the worst person that imaginable. But being like, well, it's David's dad that they talk about, I think. Like, David's dad might be an asshole, but his politics check out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there are so many lines like that. And obviously, every time that Alice talked about her body dysmorphia. Oh, you know, I that, don't really talk about that this, me, but <laughs> that literally. Shut and then up. Alice says that, and then Jordan later goes, oh, "Shut up!" Yeah, it's like, <laughs> why did you just like groan like that? It's like you, you did it again. You're doing it again. <laughs> oh my no, god, it was so good. I think feelings are okay. facts. No, facts are facts. It's creative nonfiction. <laughs> so real, and I think she's like. It's creative nonfiction, and that's a really valid response to, like, the traumas of everyday life or something like that, <laughs> is the synopsis you of creative nonfiction. You trigger me. It was so good. Like, there was so she's... Many- the thing is, is that it's, like, all of the things that these characters are saying are mm-hmm. real, though. Like, like it's real because mm-hmm. they're not saying it in a facetious manner. And also, like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they're all sympathetic. I would say. They're all stuck in a situation where they mm-hmm. don't know what the fuck is going on. They all have issues with each other, but they don't want to die. And they don't want their friends to die. So, mm-hmm. like, the stakes are so high that, like, we see friendships fall apart and come back together within the span of five minutes. And, like, mm-hmm. it was just so... And like, that's my, just your average day of being a girl. <laughs> <laughs> my eyes were glued to that motherfucking mm-hmm. screen. Like... Okay, mm-hmm. all the characters were acting rationally with the conclusions that they had jumped to. Mm-hmm. Like, the, but the conclusions that they came to varied in levels of delusion, I would say. But they all, like, made sense. Like, it made sense mm-hmm. why they thought, why they suspected Greg. I suspected mm-hmm. Greg. We all suspected Greg. He was the only one that mm-hmm. none of us saw around. And then when he acted all, like, granted, but the thing is, is that you know, why was he acting suspicious? But also, a bunch of girls just came in with, like, knives in their hands. So, yeah, I would also be scared. Literally. But also, like, and, like, 
why did B knock him out? Why did she kill him? But also, like, she should have because we didn't know anything about him. He could have hurt them. Mm-hmm. So, but mm-hmm. then, like, but then, oh, B's suspicious because B, like, accidentally messed with the car. Like, I was watching this movie with my friend and my friend turns to me after we see her, like, look in the mirror and then leave the car. Oh, that pissed me off so He bad. was like, he was I like, I noticed that girl, immediately. She, the car battery's gonna run out and they're not gonna be able to leave. And obviously that's what happened, so. But, like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's- When I saw that she left it, that was immediately where I was like, did they just tell me who the killer was right now? Oh my god. Because I was like, I, like, I'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt. You know, I'm gonna see my sister through. But I was like, if it does end up being her, that's definitely the first thing that we were supposed to notice about her was her leaving Yeah, the mirror light on in the car. Because when I saw that, I was like, but then also part of me was like, girl, have you never been in a car before? I was like, don't you know to <laughs> pop that shit back up and you're done? But mm-hmm. anyways, you, like, but I think that's the other thing that this movie, as much as it plays on mean girls and like i hate the idea of a girl remake of lord of the flies but if there was a girl (laughs) remake of lord of the flies it would be this as much as i think it plays on 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 those two media lineages i think also it's very clear markers of like horror film history or popular imagery of horror i think it also naturally integrates into the film as well i don't think it's like the scariest film because Quite honestly, I'm a wimp when it comes to horror movies. I do not (laughs) like scary shit. I left this movie knowing that I'd be able to sleep at night. You know, watching it had a couple Mm ha-has. Like, just in case you are someone who is also horror-averse, I would still recommend seeing this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw it, like, at night by myself. Like, honestly, possibly the worst conditions for a horror wimp to see a movie. And I survived. It was fine. But I still think that it paid the appropriate level of respect and homage to the horror genre and i get like for the horror girlies like the girls who enjoy the genre and you know seek out Mm -hmm. the genre we're kind of like this is not scary enough or like i expected more action or or you know more like more from the action scenes itself but i'm like Mm -hmm. the thing is is that the tension and the stakes come from the relationships first and foremost Like, it's not yeah. even just the murder. That's the the mur- reason why people get scared yeah. is because girls are scared. <laughs> They're fighting. Like, the physical mm-hmm. murders in the room are mm-hmm. scary, but not as scary as a metaphysical slaughtering happening within this group. <laughs> like, the Hard total agree. evisceration of each other's, like, selfhoods and identities in a way that is a reaction to and a product of the way that we have digitally commodified ourselves like, we mm-hmm. as in Gen Z in general, like, was, mm-hmm. ooh, it was brutal, I think. Like, it was it was absolutely mm-hmm. brutal because they bring up the podcast that Alice has. They bring up, you know, the essays that Sophie writes. They talk about mm-hmm. Emma's acting career constantly. They refer to, like, yeah. and of course, the crux of why any of this shit happens in the first place is because of David's, like, harmed masculinity in attempting to recreate the same stunt that he saw, like, the more buff guy Mm -hmm. do for a tiktok and then in doing that accidentally slits himself in the throat and that is why everyone thinks someone murdered him when in reality we only find out at the very end of the movie that that is what happened 
that is the penultimate spoiler. Him even trying to interact with his social media and digital presence is what launched this series of events in the first place. So everyone is mm -hmm. implicated in how they are perceived on a social digital level. And that is what causes the strife between, well, not causes, but like, it um, exacerbates and, you know, oils the fucking wheels for this shit, you know? It's what allows a sequence of events to even occur in the first place. I think that is a much better way to express how phones are dangerous in Gen Z. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't do everything for online attention in the way that, like, cyberbully has been memed <laughs> to high heavens for its yeah. <laughs> commentary on how young people engage online and why, like, the possible consequences of being online. You know, it's not even, oh, because you have haters. Because I think most people now are comfortable with blocking people or reporting people that so much as slightly irritate them, yeah, let alone yeah, yeah. come at you sideways. You know, I don't think that's as big as an issue as it was in the early 2010s. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You were talking about how this movie isn't PSA about, oh, phones are bad and drugs are bad, even though... That is a clear, that is the clear motif and message of the movie. It does so in a very natural and integrated way that doesn't seem preachy. Emma's death is also a very clear sign to not do drugs mm -hmm. in a hashtag just say no campaign kind of way because everyone thinks that she died because someone pushed her down the stairs and that's how she fell so brutally that mm -hmm. ultimately landed in her death. But it's because Sophie found, yeah, it was Sophie mm -hmm. who found drugs and offered them to Emma pills. And Emma took them and fell down the stairs, mm -hmm. drugged out as hell, mm -hmm. and then died with her eyes open at the bottom of the stairs, mm -hmm. covered in her own blood. Like, these are the two, the deaths that we don't see directly caused mm -hmm. by anyone mm -hmm. that I think when I said earlier, it's like, oh, who dies? Like, they're not killed by anyone one essentially mm -hmm. in the way that other people are and people react in that way and the phone and the drug being ultimately what kills these two characters i think is really important in again having actual gen z commentary that is accurate to the situation because sophie's they've all been doing drugs mm -hmm. like they've all been in coke especially drinking like in front of sophie who just got out of mm -hmm. rehab like is is yeah. an addict and in recovery like that it's mm -hmm. that's the other thing it's like it is fucked up what they do to each other mm -hmm. and particularly yeah. like harm goes in all directions and we see this throughout the movie mm -hmm. right but like it makes sophie playing the victim so frustrating because like she obviously is like she's mm -hmm. when she says you guys trigger me it's mm -hmm. true. Like they are, they do enable her. They are like mm -hmm. drink with us, party with us, do drugs with us, and she's like she abstains initially. But then when when shit like when people start dying, she's like, oh my god, let me mm -hmm. do a line. Let me find the let me rummage through all of the Monopoly boards and board games to see where David's family keeps a stash of drugs. Like, mm -hmm. like girl, like if even the intention was okay, we're just gonna spend the the hurricane day night just hanging out and having fun mm -hmm. like why on one hand sophie shouldn't have come and that's what a lot of people in the group mm -hmm. think but on the other hand that she does the fact that she is presumably in their friend group is presumably best friends with david why are we why are you guys doing this mm -hmm. it is really fucked up for you of you guys to do to sophie to put her in this situation mm -hmm. i mean like she does have this whole like woo woo spirituality type girl thing mm -hmm. going for yeah. her you know and i think it is Heavy. supposed to be comedic the things that she 
delivers and you know the shit that she says as well but also like Mm -hmm. she is one of the most sympathetic characters because we see on screen from the beginning how it seems very much like her intentions are not really tapped in to the social dynamics that she's walked into you know like Mm -hmm. she doesn't have the aggression or the suspicion or the apprehension that other characters Mm -hmm. have going into the situation or even like the naivety because because greg walks in with like zero context doesn't (laughs) give a fuck whatever b walks in with a lot of apprehension emma Mm -hmm. is already sort of supposed to be like the ditzy girlfriend but also causes drama Mm -hmm. with her behaviors and then alice Mm -hmm. is very like effervescent and like oh like we're gonna have fun let's party jordan is aggro from the from the get so like Mm -hmm. you know jordan's the one who asks her like why the fuck are you here exactly (laughs) like so sophie is the least is going into it with the least predispositions from our perspective i think like we don't know as much about maybe b would be the only one that has even less context, but I oh, think... Oh, yeah, she has no context for the, it, but that that's why she has the apprehension towards it. The difference between B and Greg is that I think they're both coming in with the same level of no context, mm-hmm. <laughs> like negative context, but Greg is ultimately there for a good time. He doesn't care about what's going mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. whereas B doesn't have any context, but can sense that things are afoot, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. can feel the tension and doesn't know exactly where to place herself within these dynamics because i'm sure she also just wants to have a fun time meet new people i'm sure like sophie has spoken very highly of like her friends even though we learned that she hasn't really been in contact with them and so now b is having to navigate this and sometimes we see her having to navigate it on her own sophie and david go off and have a really long conversation on their own which was really useful in multiple ways in that one, we see Sophie and David's dynamic away from the rest of the group, which I think really presents how they have their own friendship. Whereas I think a lot of the friendships within the social group are only there because of the group Mm -hmm, itself, mm -hmm. you know? And also that allows us time to see how B acts when she's with the rest of the group, having no context and the group at large not really having any reason to be upset at B, but obviously not being super welcoming to her because mm-hmm. she is an extension of Sophie, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do you show hospitality to the guest of a guest <laughs> when you don't even like the primary guest, you know? Like everyone's kind of in a sticky situation and I think B knows that as well, but she also wants to have a fun time. So it's like, again, mm. we see these very complicated social dynamics in the way that online and internet come together when push comes to shove and shit gets real and people are like okay what's the roster of the guests that are here which are greg and b is like what do you know about them it's like i met them on tinder this is what they had on their bio oh one of the iconic libra quotes, moon. the alice is he's a libra moon he mm-hmm. wouldn't do something like that mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that is something that i think is very uniquely like gen z even though obviously astrology is old as hell people have known their placements yeah. including like moon signs for ever <laughs> yeah but to to be you in like a horror situation with your friends and- <laughs> yeah like to know like oh what like quote from a show is in his tinder bio and that he's a libra moon as like his like marker for morality for your yeah. friend group is like yeah. so funny your digital persona 
doesn't mean that you can't be a killer. <laughs> like, just because you aren't a killer online doesn't always reflect who you actually are. And it goes beyond that as well, because it's like, well, the way that people who are ostensibly close friends, even if they have issues mm-hmm. with each other, will totally mm-hmm. destroy each other when moments of weakness or tension emerge is very much... Alice and Jordan, heavy enabled by how Gen Z has been like socialized on the internet and stuff. You immediately Mm -hmm. ostracize one individual as must uh, like in order to sustain the community group dynamic, no matter how fraught that community itself is, because you Mm -hmm. can like bond together, but with like one common enemy, obviously. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's easier to go along with the dominant group even if your pre-existing relationship with someone is it like that's when when Alice shoves B out of the room, out of the house and locks her out, and Sophie's just standing there. It's just mm-hmm. like what? And of course, I mean, when they all like team up on Greg, I was apprehensive, but also like okay, whatever, did mm-hmm. what needed to be done essentially. Like it's mm-hmm. very interesting to see how as e- different characters get eliminated from the space, it's like well now that mm-hmm. it's just the three of us, now it's just the two of us we still have these daggers out, but they're just pointed at each other now, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. it's we're redirecting this hostility that's already there and our fear that is driving that hostility into, like, destroying ourselves, Mm -hmm. ultimately. That is something that's fundamental to, like, the nature of, like, internet communities. And I talk about it in my Substack essay towards the end, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how cults function and how the internet kind of allows them to like fester and like propagate this movie does such an interesting Mm -hmm. like way of portraying that through these young people in a very high stakes situation that is like literally life or death but it doesn't even Mm -hmm. have to be that's the other thing that's like it does not have to be this intense we don't have to be jumping to the conclusions about people that we do But that's what we do when we are in this closed off, isolated, toxic, close, like group of people, you know, and Mm -hmm. one of the most like heart racing scenes for me was the words that are thrown around leading up to, well, A, Jordan shooting Alice, but even before that, the fight that happens with Emma and, you know, she ends up dying after that unrelated to the fight but is it you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's like yeah the the way the way i got fucking whiplash from everyone being like no one likes you emma emma you suck mm-hmm. you are the worst i hate you but they've been friends for three years question mark um and then mm-hmm. her kissing sophie and being like is that what you want and she's <gasps> like and sophie was like you think you always think this and then they do drugs mm-hmm. together, and then Emma dies. Like, what? <laughs> it's so, yeah. I remember that, of course, there has to be a bi girl with a boyfriend, right. and Emma, and of course her fucking name is Emma. <laughs> Listen, accuracy is what this movie was going for, apparently. So that's the most accurate fucking part. The way that, like, allyships and who's the enemy was changing at fucking lightning speed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think, I, like, for I For the audience, so- too. That's what I mean is, like, keeping track of the social dynamics at any given moment. Who is most suspicious. But I think for me, or at least for people like us who 
even though we haven't lived this, a lot of these dynamics kind of looked awfully familiar. It's <laughs> like, to me, I, I was picking up, I knew exactly why they hated a certain person and when. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was quite natural. I think, I wonder what someone who, like, I don't know, like, cis-head, straight boys have real, like, who they say their best friends is, they know maybe three to five things about him and like that's it <laughs> like i wonder what people who have like that experience with the friend group think mm-hmm. of bodies 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 like mm-hmm. if they think that this if this is what is dramatized about the movie mm-hmm. let me tell you that was no. not what was dramatized no, the no. Movie. That, that was that was quite a normal <laughs> night outing like a normal to the joker thing. this like, is normal to us this is <laughs> No, like, literally, to the Joker, this is normal. Like, so for some people in the audience, like, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is a documentary on their life. Like, I'm just being honest. If you leave thinking, like, wow, what a wild story. I wonder who does that. A lot more people than you, su- you suspect. But I think there's another thing is you made a really good point about the movie earlier is that they all act logically and reasonably with the conclusions that they're jumping to. It's just that the conclusions that they're jumping to are like not at all what's happening. And I think that's the same thing with like when they hate a certain person, it's kind of logical and reasonable why they're suspicious of that person or why they're airing out that grievance. And they, they list it out. They're like, oh yeah, you yeah. did this and you did that and you did mm-hmm. this. That's suspicious. And the person yeah. is like, no, but I didn't blah, blah, blah. Like, and, and the thing exactly. is like- the, So it's the, like both perspectives are right. like, like, you sympathize with the person who's getting attacked because mm-hmm. you're just like, it seems like this is going at random. Uh-huh. But also, if you were in that situation, coked out as hell, <laughs> like in a room during a hurricane, and you're trying to figure out who the fucking killer is, yeah, you're going down the sin list of everyone in that yeah. fucking room. Yeah, 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 so it's yeah. like both sides are are understandable. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, that really is how social dynamics work. Like, sometimes someone, like, breathes the wrong way and it pisses you the fuck off. And that happens, but now it's, like, six people trapped in the house during a hurricane on yeah, coke. Like, yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's yeah. these regular social agitations that I think a lot of people experience yeah. in their friend group. You're pissing me off right now. Like, Let me go outside and then mm-hmm. I suddenly die. Like... Exactly. It's like a lot of us have, like, separated ourselves from, like, a house party or whatever, taken a breather, come back. Rarely ever when you come back are three people dead on the floor. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 you know, right, right. it's like, but it's like, well, if you were in that situation, you'd probably behave the way they did mm-hmm, too. Like, mm-hmm. it'd be really hard to say that. And I do it too. Even though I haven't lived this. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, like, literally. Like, I w- it was, it was like, it was insane, but also like realistic, but also like hashtag real, but like <laughs> crazy. But insane. Was, yeah. But insane is like my this life is, your average... is stranger than fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Literally us. Literally us. And you know, I have to say, like, not that I'd say that this is like lesbian representation, but I do mm. think it was like cool. Mm-hmm. All the bitches gay. Like it was crazy. Mm-hmm. It was like crazy. literally all the bitches gay. <laughs> I think and Alice. You guys are in the movie. Yeah. Do seem like the guys that like queer girls boyfriends would, would be yeah. in this friend yeah. group yeah like yeah, yeah. no it like makes straight it up it may- mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh goodness like everyone was a queer girl including the guys in this movie <laughs> no alice being the only one who doesn't like have a visible gay moment in here was like mm-hmm. the least realistic element i would say <laughs> Well, I think that that's because everything else about her screams was crazy. gay girl. 
and was insane and definitely screams like makes out with girls at parties <laughs> that it's like we didn't even have to see it we already knew her tea <laughs> but the Emma, fact that she we maybe brought to this see. guy that she met on tinder two weeks ago now that's chaotic like wow she's an agent oh, yeah. of chaos she's like how long have you known him? she's like a really long time and then it's like how long like two weeks <laughs> Now that's real as shit, bro. Like, that was please. so funny. Because like, she was really good to him. She's like, I know him so well. Like, Who among would us? never do that? Girl. Put a finger down. Uh, and the fact that they were like, yeah, Sophie, yeah, you guys have been together for like, what, six weeks? Yeah, that's a long time for Sophie. <laughs> wow. I was like, that yeah, ass. we're getting serious. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because they kept on making, the friend group kept on making slights about, like, being with Sophie, like, how Mm -hmm. that was, like, Mm -hmm. there's obviously history there that B doesn't know about, and she's just kind of, like, smiling, nodding, as she does through (laughs) most of the movie, to be honest. Yeah. The bomb that was dropped towards the last act of Jordan and Sophie hooking up while Sophie and B were together. Yeah. Oh my god. The, first of all, if my last words were check the text, <laughs> how iconic. Like honestly, I saw that as my future and I was like, this is a fucking omen. Like this is this is, I better start counting my fucking days. <laughs> you get pushed over the floor. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, oh shit. Oh my but god. Also it's like again, if Gen Z people were in this situation, the likelihood that someone's last words would be check her text is so high like that is such a real ass thing to say Mm -hmm. and again it sounds funny it sounds satirical it sounds like um gee yeah like like last words would check my yeah would take like text messages but it's so serious like a little life and death it's so but it is it like literally so is that serious Mm -hmm. because like girl the texts are there like Mm -hmm. you're done yeah so it's like yeah and the fact that like uh, Sophie definitely did it because of how mm-hmm. defensive she got. I mean, for a while after mm-hmm. the movie, I was like, did she actually cheat on Jordan, or was Jordan just making shit up? Because Jordan or cheat with Jordan? Yeah, yeah. But Jordan she cheats on B was lying to bitches' faces. Like that's mm-hmm. the, like all of these people had no problem with lying to each other. Like. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing that is probably particular to our generation and our relationship with social media. Girl, no one is fact-checking you. You could say anything about yourself or your reality. Mm -hmm. And because Mm -hmm. you said it, it's true. But because we're in such a high-stakes fucking situation, we got to really make sure it's true. And a lot of the times, it's not. Jordan's like, I didn't shoot her. I didn't shoot her. Girl, the gun is in your hands, and you did. I don't have a gun. I don't have a Mm -hmm. gun. You have a gun in your pocket. I wasn't the killer. Mm-hmm. I was in the killer. I got the X paper in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Like, what? You know? There's a lot of audacity there, I would say. Like, anyway. I love this movie. I think it's also, like, a cult classic. Like, I think that this <laughs> yeah. is just going to be a movie that does not leave the general public anytime soon. Even if the group becomes more and more niche or it does get that more cult following in like a rocky horror picture show type way you know or like the people who love it really love it i definitely think that it has that potential and i think also because of mean girls like mean girls is still very culturally relevant but also it's like 
it's getting older now, even mm-hmm. though it's a movie that I grew up with, like, if we're talking about in the media landscape. And I think that Bodies, Bodies, Bodies has come out in the perfect time where New Spot is probably opening up for a cult classic. It speaks to now in a way that I think that even though there are parts that might leave with time, like yeah. TikTok, you know, probably Like, it'll be bad. outdated, but in a way that, like, is But good. in a way that still... Yeah, yeah, and relevant. In, in a way that still speaks to it, in a way that's still going to be entertaining to see, because it's not investing all of itself mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. now. A lot of the major points of the movie are, are universal. universal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it uses contemporary media mm-hmm. and technology in a really interesting way that I think will always be entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, I just don't think that we have anything like it really Mm -hmm. that speaks to this particular thing and I think that it will be really difficult for any movie to try and come into its lane and do bodies 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 better than what it has done I think a lot of bitches are going to try and capitalize Mm -hmm. off of off of Mm -hmm. the wake of this movie yeah but I'd be really surprised if something comes out in the next three years and I'm like this is like bodies 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 but better Mm -hmm. like I just don't know how that could happen like you know how when Midsommar came out everyone was Mm -hmm. like no fucking way, this is it. Yeah. I yeah. really hope that this is the trajectory for this movie in terms of, like, yeah. a horror movie that is unconventional, yet slays. Mm-hmm. Slays as fuck. Mm-hmm. But I also can't have it be euphoria-fied, you know? The euphoria fiction The euphoria-fication well, I think of it's this just... movie can't happen. I'm so sorry. No. First of all, I mean, thank God Sam Levinson is nowhere within 300 feet of this movie <laughs> because if he was, it'd be over for a yeah. lot of bitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this does seem something that he'd like to get his flamey, grimy little hands yeah. all over. <laughs> but <laughs> thank God he was swatted away. They had to put a, right. a restraining no, order on that none. man. <laughs> so thank God we have that out of the way. So I think that it's safe. And then also because it's a movie and it exists in this mm, space. Yeah. I think we're safe. Whereas Euphoria, everyone was all about it season one and then the long wait for season two and then... And now we're people... waiting for season three. Also, people took time, like, even when we were waiting for season two, people were looking back on season one being mm-hmm. like, this wasn't as hot as everyone thought it was mm-hmm. when it came out. Like, uh, too much, too much, too long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is literally, again, also under 100 minutes. It's Thank God. 94 minutes, like... Perfect. Perfect. Short, sweet, really good, iconic mm-hmm. cast. Like, it has all the makings mm-hmm. for an iconic movie. Mm-hmm. Super quotable. Yes. Like, super so memorable. Quotable. Yeah. Unfortunately, I do think that, like, if it gets really popular, we're going to see this on, like, millennial ass t shirts and tote bags at Target. And <laughs> the way that, like, we were pink on Wednesdays or whatever has been merchandised to, to high oh. water. I love it. I did give it four stars. Because I'm I'm uh, in the words in your of hashtag Alien critic Star, era. Yeah, I'm being stingy with my love right now in my Renaissance era, but I still I still love this movie. I think I gave it like four and a half because it's not giving me five star vibes, mm-hmm. but it mm-hmm. is slay as fuck. Like it is. It is very good. Um, like it's one of my favorite movies that I've seen and I love it but I don't think it has like changed my life in the way that I'm now starting to use four and a half and five stars as being like this has rewired my brain in a very specific way yeah I mean okay also 
the Charlie XCX song for this. <gasps> oh my god. So good. Uh, I was surprised that it was for the credits. Sorry, another big spoiler, I guess. I was waiting for it throughout the movie. I have a quick character ranking. One. <gasps> okay. B. From favorite to least favorite? Yeah, or in terms of who okay. I was rooting for. Like, in general, oh, okay. not through the course of the movie, because it changed, obviously shifted as it should have throughout, mm-hmm. but one was B, mm-hmm. two was Sophie, three was Alice, four was David, five was Jordan, six was Emma, seven was Greg. Maybe just in terms of, like, people dying, how sad I felt about it. Okay. Yeah. I I think I think I might switch Sophie and Dallas mm. and maybe Emma and David. Wait, did you put Jordan above David? No, I put Jordan below David. I'd go Jordan, Emma, David, Greg. Mm. For the bottom. And then B Alice, Sophie. Because I think Alice is like Maybe she's a little bit vapid, <laughs> a little bit mm-hmm. dumb, but I don't think she's really done any serious offenses yeah, to yeah. any member in the group. Yeah. She was Whereas annoying, but Sophie, she didn't wrong anyone. But they, the rest of yeah. them, they fucked each other over. Like For sure. Like Sophie really, cheated like, on the B. Meanest thing. B lied mm-hmm. to Sophie. Jordan mm-hmm. did a bunch of stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like David was obviously enabling his best friend. Emma mm-hmm. was just a fucking psycho, like, in terms of how mm-hmm. she was navigating this whole relationship, situationship thing. Mm-hmm. I did feel bad for her, though, and, like, David just goes off on her for, like, no fucking reason in front of everyone, like, really, really hard in the beginning of the movie. Because before, everyone's kind of, like, passive-aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the, the first slap time we circle see someone. With the shots, bruh. That was insane. Insane. Again, another thing where it's like, well, that has definitely happened. Like, I definitely see this happening. Yeah. But the way that it's playing it in this movie is so yeah. insane. Yeah. But David really goes in on Emma. Uh-huh. Like, bro, it's not your girlfriend. Like, people yeah. kind of start to get a little concerned. Yeah. And so for me, that planted the first seeds of sympathy for mm. Emma, which I think really carried her character throughout the movie. Mm. Which I don't think any of your conclusions about her are necessarily wrong. And so, like, for me, I was like, okay, like, she might be navigating this because she, like, s- something else is afoot. But in general, it's like, obviously, at a certain point, I'm like, girl, you're a little bit crazy. And when she kisses Sophie, I was like, where You are did off the rails. Yeah. But see, okay, initially, idea. within the first act, I was kind of confused with, like, who was dating who. I knew Sophie and B were together, obviously. The initial shots mm-hmm. were them kissing. So, of course, they were together. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know whether Greg was attached to which person Greg was attached to, and who David mm. was like dating at first. I was kind of confused about that uh, up until I the think point it's that. set up in the in the pool shot uh, the way that the pool is used in this movie. Oh, now okay. that is insane. But the first shots that we see of everyone in the friend group is when they're under the water in the pool at David's house, mm-hmm. and that also sets up the social relationships. I also think that this movie, mm-hmm. the way that it uses physical bodies is like whoa bodies bodies bodies, bodies, bodies. bodies. yeah yeah <laughs> it's like it's kind of like when a when a character in a movie like says the name of the movie yeah <laughs> it's like yeah. they did the thing they yeah. did the thing yeah that also happens in bodies where it's like i mean there's a body thinking about the way that the people died like mm-hmm. alice dies 
basically on accident in the middle of like a really heated tussle where there's a gun involved. Mm-hmm. Girl, mm-hmm. we cannot have guns. Oh, near. why were they tussling with the gun? Like, I was like, it was loaded. It was, they were grappling mm-hmm. for it. Why? I was anxious the entire time. Why? And we cannot, it, like, guns, drugs, phones, no more. We can't do it anymore. <laughs> Please. Take that shit out. No, it was like, that was the other thing where I was like, these bitches are not thinking. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, okay, fight it out. All you Y'all want. are escalating situations so Take, far. And like the way that Jordan would not give up that gun. Yeah. And I was like, girl, if you do not put that goddamn gun down, <laughs> it's like fight, read each other, ruin your friendships. Yeah. I do not care. Why are you waving a gun around when you're fighting someone on the floor yep, like that? Yep, yep. Because obviously it's so clear that even when they hate each other at their height, they don't want to kill each other or for the other person to die. Yeah. Which is what is making this whole confusing because they think there's a killer, but none of them want other people to die. Yeah. But so when they were acting so recklessly, yeah, I'm like, you are playing bitch. with your goddamn life and the lives of everyone like, around you right now. Be real. Like, was, please like, be serious for one second. And, like, when Sophie is following Jordan and is like, Jordan, please put down the gun. Yeah. And Jordan's like, stop. First of all, part of me is like, Sophie, just stop following her. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was pissing me off that Sophie <laughs> kept following Jordan. Why are you, like, one thing going in on her like she's an animal? Like, her, like this. And I was like... This is obviously not helping the situation. Just back off. Back <laughs> you see, the fuck like, just off. Back You're escalating off. this. She's going up but the then stairs. Also, I'm like, mm-hmm. bruh. Bruh. But then also, I'm like, Jordan, if we could put the gun down for one <laughs> second. Like, it was one time useful and reasonable and logical of why you are holding it into and pointed at home. But at this point, we have lost the plot. <laughs> I mean, this is the plot. But for you, my love, we have lost the plot. And, like, that's the other thing about social media. Like, you do, Mm -hmm. at certain points, it is important to be, like, girl, gun to your head. Mm -hmm. What the fuck Mm -hmm. is up? But then Mm -hmm. at a certain point, we got to de-escalate. But most of the time, it just spirals from there. Once you got the guns out, it's it's over Mm -hmm. for everyone. You know, and I think, When you try and do peer peer mediation on coke is what this (laughs) movie is. If you took people who are pure mediator trained in high school, yeah, and then three years, four years into college, gave them a bunch of coke in an empty house, yeah, this is what happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we talked about the film. Uh, <laughs> I think we did. We did we, talk about it. <laughs> we talked about the film. Oh God! Please message us your thoughts on the movie and. And mm-hmm. your thoughts on our thoughts on the movie, if you've seen it. Yeah. Um, and these thoughts are hot off the press. We Again, right. we saw this, like, barely clocking in at 48 hours ago. I yeah, haven't yeah, spoken yeah. to us. So, any things, any details. Also, we watched it in the theater. So, like, mm-hmm. not fucking rewinding this shit mm-hmm. and clocking mm-hmm. every detail. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Let us know if we missed anything, Forgive us in that bro. regard. But, yeah. anyways, time for recommendations. And you should give me your recommendation for me so I can... <laughs> tell you about how what I've seen of it so far (laughs) yeah okay see this is the thing is that when I watched it I was like oh I'm gonna recommend this to Sunny and they're not gonna like it at all (laughs) I'm gonna recommend this shit so hard (laughs) no I was literally I was gonna be like Sunny this is all the reasons 
why you should definitely watch it, but I know that you'll probably hate it and give up 30 minutes into it, but that's okay. <laughs> so the movie, or not the movie, the show that I'm recommending is A League of Their Own, which is a series spinoff of the 1992 movie by the same name, A League of Their Own, which is about the first ever women's baseball team in the United States during World War II because all the fucking men are being shipped off to war and they're like, well, what are we gonna watch on the sports? And they're like, I guess ladies can play sports sometimes. Right. And so they try and do this baseball team. Obviously, inevitably, any a woman who is very passionate about baseball in the 1940s is most likely a dyke and so, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> or another. So both the original movie and the series is very, very gay. But one of the reasons why I really wanted to recommend this to you is because I think that right now, at this moment, it has the most diverse lesbian representation mm. in that there are studs and we actually hear a character call another black lesbian like, oh, you look like a stud and it's a compliment. We mm -hmm. see a butch femme, like he, him, lesbian. Now, like, I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't be able to say if this person in 2022 would identify as right. a butch or a trans mask or a trans man, mm -hmm. but in that on time, that continuum, butch femme, right. yeah, on that continuum of butch femme dynamics, we see a more honest portrayal of black community and black life mm -hmm. historically in a non-trauma, like it's a very midwestern way, very midwestern. Like, we see lesbians, blackness, and black lesbians all in the same. We see, like, historically accurate femmes. Not just, like, women who are lesbians, but, like, mm -hmm. femmes as well. Mm -hmm. So I think that with all of the hullabaloo that people had over First Kill being canceled because of the precious, precious ha. lesbian representation, Please. I would see a lot of people hyping the fuck yeah. out of a league of Especially because the actresses are all mm -hmm. middle-aged. You know what I mean? Like... None mm -hmm. of these, they're not teenagers. They're not even, like, mm -hmm. in their early 20s, mid-20s, late 20s. Like, most... One girl is, but she's not a major character. Right. Most of the major characters are older. Yeah. Or, like, even if the characters aren't as old, the actors are, mm -hmm. you know? Like, in a way that yeah. allows their acting chops to, like, actually be mm -hmm. there. Obviously, okay, there's, like, the baseball, they're on a baseball team, whatever. I'm not a sports girl unless it's gay, and this is, like, enough gay to, like, really keep me engaged. And, like, I didn't expect to, like, care about the show. I'm like, God, this is so embarrassing. But it, like, it really does get your heartstrings <laughs> yeah. if you have the patience to sit it out. And that's the one thing where I was like, oh, Sunny does not care about TV made for TV enjoyers in this way, and the women aren't insane enough, I was my prediction to, like, I was like, girl, this is too wholesome and sweet and, like, gay for, like, Sunny to care, but I was like, I don't care, I'm gonna recommend it. And for the audience, I think everyone should watch A League of Their Own, if you have Amazon Prime or wherever else. I mean, it's directed by Jamie Babbitt. Mm -hmm. but I'm a cheerleader real. icon and like that's why the lesbian representation is real as fuck because she's a directress a dyke a, di a dyke directress a dyketress <laughs> a dyketress <laughs> like please 
So I'm on like episode two or maybe three of it so far, and I'm interested enough to keep going right now because I think it's it's funny. Like it's a comedy mm-hmm. first and foremost, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. And that's what I find compelling about it because like I love Dairy mm-hmm. Girls and it's very wholesome. It's not mm-hmm. sick and twisted and evil. True. True. Because it's so funny. Like mm-hmm. and and it does that period drama, but not period drama, period comedy. It does mm-hmm. that, it does that like yeah. historical setting in a very particular place for a very particular group yeah. of people in yeah. um <gasps> in a way. Oh sorry. I know this is what there are parts that you will get to that I was like, oh this is so the last night of the telegraph coded that I was like, <laughs> okay, where <laughs> Um, that I think you'd also like, and for some obvious and for some less obvious reasons that I think you obviously would pick up on because you've read it and we've talked about it. But I think that's another, I forgot until you said it right now. I was like, a oh, comp that was title, the thing that I was going to use. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to be like, Sunny. <laughs> Please. Nudge, remember, nudge, remember wink, this? wink. Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember yeah. this little thing? Yeah. This is like another aspect of that. Also, on a very literally superficial level, Darcy Carden is so insanely hot in <laughs> this show. It's like, actually, I'm like, what the fuck? Because I've known of her for a long time because she's in The Good Place. And she's like cute, you know, she's pretty. But Darcy Carden is really hot. And then also just like almost every actress on the baseball team is like really hot, like Lupe. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Lupe! she's so hot. Lupe, so I hot. need her so bad. I was tweeting about this earlier. I was like, Lupe, need Dog. her so bad. Okay, so but bad. you hate Mexican, so that would never happen. <laughs> but, <laughs> sorry, that's a joke. Do I'm Mexican. Don't cancel Sunny. Right, right, right. <laughs> Don't cancel Sunny for that. But also her and Jess, their little yeah. butch mask friendship, and you really see that develop over... Jess is also so I love so Jess. So hot. I love so, Jess. So, so hot. <laughs> I need almost every single person on that team. I need I need all the butches and all the historically accurate fans and everyone else. And I love them. I think they're all hot for different and unique reasons. I don't think I think the Darcy, the actress, like Darcy is Greta, by the way. Yes, I, I think Greta's character, oh, okay. to me, mm-hmm. isn't, like... I, I get why she's giving, like, you know, sexy in the show, and I get why she's giving <laughs> so s- slay, but, like, it's not for mm-hmm. me, you know? Eh, okay, I, I appreciate it. I know that's it. not for you. I, but the 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 little the blonde girly with her like bubbly personality she's adorable she <gasps> is so cute. I love Maybell. Maybell is so 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 cute. I but, also love Maybell. But like Lupe and then also Jess, mm-hmm. they are they have my heart. I need them. Yeah. I at the end of the day, yeah. I need them. <laughs> God, no, they are. They are. It's just, guys, I'm not against Lupe and Jess. I'm against Sunny in this moment, but don't get it twisted about the characters. I still love the characters very, very much. But I also love Greta. And I love how Greta and Joe, slash Joey, they refer to her by both names, have, like, our butch femme, but mm-hmm. BFFs. Yeah. And, yeah. like, are each other's wing woman. I think that is an also really important lesbian friendship dynamic that is portrayed Mm -hmm. 
So we'll we'll talk more about this once I've seen it all. But so far, like you're getting mm-hmm. the teaser clip of this, I would say. Anyway, so my recommendation is Jeanette mm-hmm. McCurdy's memoir. I'm <gasps> glad my mom is dead. Have you read it? Yeah, you- I've read. I read it a week before it came out because I uh, got. You didn't mention it at all. I've been like looking forward. to I was tweeting for about forever. it. You were tweeting about it, but not in a way that like you had it and like had read it. I posted my Goodreads review. It updated onto the fucking timeline. Girl, anyways. Oh, I didn't see it. (sighs) You got lost. Not caught up on the But still. I literally read it like a week ago at least at this point. Anyways, great memoir. Well, okay. Writing, Mm -hmm. not top tier. It's a celebrity memoir. Jeanette Mm -hmm. McCurdy is not a writer. You know, and she talks mm-hmm. about the process of become like thinking, okay, I should write, um, mm-hmm. you know, moving out of her acting career. But it was honestly such a heart wrenching read and such like a deep look into the exploitative industry at large of like how Hollywood mm-hmm. operates from like her perspective mm-hmm. and you know, like Stan Twitter and like fucking you know various pop headlines on and tweets are just turning out excerpts or like. You know, mm-hmm. quotes from the story. But I'm like, you guys need to actually read the whole book because mm-hmm. this only you you're only going to experience the 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 reality of her experience in its entirety in the way that it should be experienced, the way that she's presenting it mm-hmm. to you, if you just you just need to read the whole book. And I listened to the audiobook because I got access to it through the Libro FM like influencer program. It was really nice listening to Jeanette McCurdy herself read her own words, you know, and Mm -hmm. there was a certain point towards the end of the book where I could hear her tearing up while reading Mm -hmm. it. And then you could obviously hear her like, it, you know, the audio cuts comes back and she's like normal. But like, it was just like, so it was so heartbreaking. And like, it it made Mm -hmm. me tear up listening to her, like talk about it, you know, from her own words, like from beginning to end, we get her experience of being a young girl being forced into Mm -hmm the industry in order for her to like essentially lift her family out of poverty and then like all the stuff that happens on like getting getting an agent getting another agent getting on set auditioning for Nickelodeon after a bunch of other things getting on Nickelodeon how much she hated her role and in the aftermath of it how much she hated it the friendships that she developed and yeah it was just so it was so good it was very very good and um, I get why people are giving it, like, three stars or whatever, or, like, people who are giving it, like, two or one stars because, I don't know, like, there's, there's, like, problem, not problem, but, like, she mentions, she mentions things that are obviously, like, time period accurate, considering it was the fucking early mm-hmm. 2000s, but, like, I've seen yeah. some reviews and criticisms of it that I'm, like, okay, whatever, I guess that's fair, but also, like, I still think that it's, it's, it's nice that people are picking up, picking up the book, but, like, I hope it is out of like, empathy for her and not just an attempt at, like, looking more into the sordid details behind the tabloids. Also, based Mm -hmm. off of her own memoir, I really think that she's gay. Like, (laughs) and I really need people to confirm this for me because, like, Mm -hmm. every experience she talks about, well, obviously, her relationship to, like, sex and sexuality was already going to be fucked up with her Mm -hmm. in terms of, like, how her mom controlled her weight and her body and all of this Mm -hmm. stuff. And her career and who she was allowed to see and talk to and all this. So there's that. But also, like, even in the things that she describes, I'm just like, girl, like, I, I, maybe, maybe you should check out lesbianism because I'm <laughs> oh. Anyways, maybe that's just me projecting. But alas, mm-hmm. 
that's my recommendation, even though everyone's heard about it by now, and there's, like, yeah. already jokes and memes going about it, and Stan Wars already occurring over the shit. Girl, what happened well, to reading? Like... <laughs> I was gonna say the one thing that I'm happy to see in this, like, absolute pop culture giant phenomenon that it has become outside of the context of the book itself, like, just it being out, is that from what I have seen, a lot of the, like, Stan accounts have been quite supportive of her. Yeah. And have been, in a way that, like, being supportive of women is not necessarily what the internet is known for. Right, 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 right. Abuse survivors? (laughs) Yeah. Like, abuse survivors? Yeah. And especially quite recently, I was like, yeah. But a little bit nervous, but I have seen, like, a lot of support online generally and people who are, like, not supporting Jeanette essentially being from what I've seen quite a minority or being yeah hushed hushed down yeah. a lot of people being ready to go to bat for her which I think is like must be really relieving because I can only imagine the anxiety of like releasing this book and then having out of context backlash versus mm-hmm. out of context support you know because yeah. yeah. the number of people that are tweeting about it versus the number of people that are actually reading it whatever mm-hmm. but I have been waiting for the downfall of Nickelodeon. Dan, Dan, Dan Redacted. What's his face? Yeah, yeah, Dan Schneider. For years, yeah. years, yeah. it has been known that he has been creepy. And so many like other things have come out mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. even though I think she calls him the creator. Yes, yes. In the book, she doesn't talk about him by name. Everyone knows who he is. Yeah. And if this is what finally starts the actual legal domino effect of him being in jail (laughs) thank god like yeah well she talked about towards the end of the book she talked about at one point during the filming of like iCarly or one of the Mm spinoffs was because of the allegations against him and because of like the criminal charges he wasn't allowed to be within like 40 feet mm-hmm. of you know sir, like the actor so he had to direct from like the other room but it made it hell for the actors because it like tripled their on set time and like and she also talks mm-hmm. about how like when people would like yell her character's name at her you know and at her in trying to get pictures with her or whatever she would always just be like no like at a certain point towards later on, on the tail end of her career she's just like no get the fuck away from me like i am not interacting with this mm-hmm. i don't my association with that character is just traumatizing. And, and, but then she talks about how, like, but whenever, like, people would refer to me or look at me or call out to me, like, by name and were, like, a fan of, mm-hmm. like, me as a person, I would always have, like, the genuine, I would be very grateful and happy that they, like, actually cared enough to, like, stop me and want for a picture and, like, want to meet me as Jeanette McCurdy um, and not mm-hmm. as just like, as like Samantha, whatever the fuck her character's name was on the show. Puckett. Yeah. Puckett. And she was like, and I would always like, you know, take the time to do that. But for everyone else, it was just like, it was like, oh, mm-hmm. your face looks familiar. Like, do I recognize you? No, don't, you know? And like, mm-hmm. especially in the context of like her visiting her dying mom at the hospital, like how certain nurses would like talk to her. It was just like, mm-hmm. anyway, it was, it was very... It was a very harrowing read for me, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's my like recommendation that like, you know, everyone's already heard of it. So whatever. But that's that's my, that's, that's what yeah. I got from it. But anyway. 
Slay. Okay, we have to finish this episode. <laughs> yeah, we we've been going we've been at three hours at now. But um anyways, thank you so much for listening if you've listened all the way yes. through until now. <laughs> and you know, find us on Twitter and Instagram and whatever to keep updated. And email us your hot takes if you want. And come join us on Patreon if you want bonus two mini bonus episodes a month and just, you know, fun shit. So yeah, that's all we have for you today. Bye. Bye.